Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 17. Today on Table Talk, we discuss depth and complexity. We review Crusaders, Thy Will Be Done, and Viticultures, and we go over our top 10 medium weight games. We are your hosts. This is Ryan. Michael. Hey, folks, this is Tim. Michael. Whoa. Yeah, wait, you guys didn't what? learn your lesson, did you? <laughs> He's no, back. Back here. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> sorry in advance. So, do you want to get into a little recap of our GenCant event, or do you want to just talk about recent plays? Give it a recap. A recap? Yeah. Recap, I thought we had a pretty decent turnout. We had like <laughs> 10 people. <laughs> Better than what we expected. Yeah, right? we had uh, showed up, and there's two kids, two teenagers waiting there for us. It's already uh, two more than you thought, right? right? The wet bandits were already <laughs> impressed. <laughs> They're like looking at each other like, wow. Yeah, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> What I couldn't believe, though, was that the Wet Bandits found their Funko Pops. Yeah, the Harry and Marv <laughs> Funko Pop dolls. Yeah. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. That was It was pretty funny. Yep. yep. So they're walking around with their dolls at the end. Yep. And, yeah, we'll leave that at that. So, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, Game Capital was really good hosts, and it was a lot of fun. And if we don't go to Gen Con next year, I say we do it again. Yeah, definitely. Did you purchase anything i got castles of burgundy okay nice read through the rules last night actually and i am pretty excited nice. i've been looking at for a while i thought a game i i might like so yeah i'm excited that you bought it yeah and now i get to play it yeah i think it's up both of your alleys you tim you're gonna have to i talked to you about this before but you'll have to get over the uh the art and components aren't up to your standards so. yeah well like we talked about in the last episode if once I get past that, you know, as long as the game's good, then I can... Uh, yeah, might take a few years to get over it, like Concordia did, but... Well, I think the Concordia effect was, yes, I never picked it because of the box cover, but no one presented it to me, right? <laughs> we all kept talking about it a lot, too, yeah. so like... Yeah, uh, anytime you weren't there, we always seemed to play it. Yeah, so I think if you guys present like it, it was... to me... Almost like it was intentional for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> I purchased Stuffed Fables. That is a game by Plathead Games. I bought it to play with my oldest boy. I think that's Jerry Hawthorne, right? The same guy who did Mice and Mystics? Yes. Okay. Yep. I read through the rules. They, were, You know, it's a fairly simple game. Basically, the premise is that... Or the story is that you are stuffed animals, and you're owner gets moved from her crib into a big girl bed michael i could okay. see you're you're enthralled yeah, okay. here. yeah. wow that's, so it's cool <laughs> you as a stuffed animal have to protect her from the forces of evil now okay yeah so that's kind of cute <laughs> it, 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 it actually is i was really pleasantly surprised about like how well the story is and we played through the first mission i'm not going to spoil it for you michael so okay. when you play thank it you. later thank yep. you yep. Um, but yeah, it's, your health is stuffing. So if you get hit, you lose a little bit of stuffing, you know, okay. so it's just kind of, kind of funny little things like that. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, when we were at the game capital, they did have, um, some pretty decent, uh, discounts running for us, not for us, but just in general <laughs> for people, for people. <laughs> but I, I did want to say that, you know, I never have a problem paying a full price on a game. 
especially if it's going to help support a uh, local company yeah. or a smaller business yeah. or something like that. So. I like that too. If I, I'll pay a few extra bucks, you know, and you know, if they got good deals, all the better. But yeah, you know, I don't mind paying a little extra for supporting a local business. But I'm never so. going to demand a discount. <laughs> <laughs> You'll accept it, though. I bet. Yeah. All right. So did he? Your son Dominic. He's six, right? Yeah, he's and he's he's played a few games here and there. Nothing. Yep, this was probably the the most complex game okay. that he's played. Okay. So, did he catch on to everything, or he, did it hold his attention? It actually did. He stayed at the table pretty much the entire time. Uh, we played. It was probably over an hour that we played. Okay. So it kept his attention pretty well. Oh. And the premise on your turn, you're going to draw five dice out of the bag, and these dice. Um, so if you draw black dice, you're going to put them on the threat track, white dice, you're going to roll to see if you find stuffing to heal yourself. And then the other dice are for like range combat, melee combat, and then you can use any dice to move. So it's, you roll and see how many spaces you move. And it's on this big, this giant flip book, really simple. And, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that kept him in it was the story. Yes, but he was into it he was into pulling the dice out mm. he knew what to spend the dice on cool it's yeah like there's so enough it, going on with it too like different kinds of attacks and things like you know good yep. enough things for a six-year-old to yeah so know how to do he was a little stuffed um bunny he was excited about that and he had he was equipped with be. uh rubber bands so he was shooting <laughs> rubber bands at enemies <laughs> i was an elephant with a meat tenderizer <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So yeah, I, I look forward to getting into this again and uh, playing some more of it. So I'll keep yeah. Sounds updated. pretty cool. <laughs> so Michael, you played a couple new games at uh, Gen Can, didn't you? Yeah, I wasn't there as long as I would like to be, but I did play a couple new ones with uh, with Aaron and um, some two you know people that were just there for the. So yeah, I so I played. Uh, first game we played was Space Base, which is you know you have like as twelve cards you. You know, each of your turns, you roll two dice, and you can either, say, you roll a three and a five. You can either take eight, the two them together, do that action, or take the three and the five action. There's three tracks where you either get, you know, either get money, increase your income, or uh, um, victory points. Uh, and then there's cards that you buy then with the money to upgrade those. One thing that was kind of you know neat, a little different, was that once you upgrade your card then the card that you replace say you replace the five then when someone else rolled the five you would get something for it maybe it's one point or a dollar or something but there's some sort of a you know, benefit then so you want to try to get cards out there that so you're doing stuff on other people's turns too so it was i mean it was it wasn't bad um you know you guys played that later right yep okay so it was it was a simple enough game it was a quick game I, it, my issue with it was that I got some of those point cards right away, so I was getting points quite a bit, and then I got so far ahead, and there weren't really many other point cards out there, so they would have a tough time scoring because you know they were just not available, weren't available yeah. to get more of those point cards. So it's a little, little tough. So I ended up, you know, I was ahead by for a while. I was up like thirty something to. I think the second closest person was at like twelve or something like that. So let's see that in your runaway. You know, especially it was a first place, so we didn't know, we didn't yeah. know where to how to mm -hmm. strategize for it. But 
Yeah, we played, me and Tim played this for the first time too later that afternoon. And I think the interesting things for me were, like you said, the upgrading cards. So then, and then it actually keeps you engaged in the game when it's someone else's turn because they're rolling dice and you're actually getting stuff when it's other people's turn. So that was really cool. We kind of had the same issue that you did. I think the final score ended up. I was at almost fifty. Tim, you're in the upper thirties or something. Yeah, 30. I was. I was fairly close, but and you... then we had a couple middling scores, and then Johnny had like three points. Yep. As like. Yeah, so we was... even asked him like, "What? What did you do?" I mean, we've been sitting here for how long, and you didn't score anything. Like, it yeah, was... if you don't, I don't get think he was doing card. anything real wrong though. He just. I don't think so. Stuff didn't get rolled. He didn't. Uh, there wasn't. There was more, it sounds like there's more point cards than in your game, but there wasn't tons. Okay. But it was to the point where my income was pretty high. So I'd go, like when you spend your money, you go back to wherever your income is, no matter how much you yep. spend. Yep. And my income was high enough, and then I had numbers that just kept getting rolled. So yep. when it was my turn again, I could buy those giant, like, 13 points, 8 point, those uh well, it was kind of neat colonies, that, like, those, those colonies or whatever those yeah. were. It was kind of neat that you could... If you purchase those, were worth a lot of points, but then it it replaces your one. Out. So you pick a seven, then anytime a seven's rolled, you don't get you don't, if you roll a turn, seven, you don't yeah. get anything. So mm-hmm. yep. it's kind of like yeah, it's bigger points, but then so I I kind of did that towards the end. Yeah, you know, got my income up and you know score the big points, but I I just kept getting my the point cards I had out there the three point one. I think I had a four or something, so I, I kept getting rolled yeah. all the time. So I think it kind of has a runaway leader. Oh, definitely. I think it uh, it has some interesting and unique ideas that I really yeah, enjoy. Definitely. But then it's just so so much luck driven. Yeah. With the where like I had fun for a little bit getting those points, but then at the last half of the game, it was just I felt bad. And yeah. then Johnny is he's so miserable. He's like, yeah, this one this one sucks. <laughs> yeah. so, when you, you know, get you crushed feel... in the game, you you kind of have the feeling yeah. even if you didn't like it's something where like yeah you're right like even if you don't play bad that can happen you know, maybe make a few different choices yeah. but like like you want to obviously get a lot of the like the five six and seven so those are going to be rolled the most but yeah so your game it took you maybe 30 45 minutes somewhere in there right that's yeah about that how long did our game go because it's it felt like it went forever it felt like it went twice as long as it yeah. should have in I don't know if it was because a bunch of us were new or not, but I can't. I know we had five. They only had they had four. They so had it wasn't four. That different yeah, player. It wasn't that much yeah. different. You know. So for whatever reason, it just it felt like it took way too long for what it was. If we could have played that game in a half hour, forty five minutes, okay. I would have liked it a lot better. I don't want to say that I didn't like it because I did. You know, you had a good point. I like the the certain things that it does in there where it keeps you engaged on other people's turns. Yep. But it is very luck based. You know, I anytime you're rolling dice like that. Yeah, anytime you're rolling you can you know, there were certain numbers that were getting hit a lot. So you could kind of, okay, I'm gonna buy this card to put in that slot. So on somebody else's turn, I'm gonna be generating money too. And it just kind of worked out where the right cards came out that I could buy and put on there. So I was at least competitive. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I I would, I would recommend it for some people that like that shorter game like that, that keeps you engaged on other people's turns, but just keep in mind that it is going to be very luck based. 
Yeah, and you're going to have times where you know the winning person you play up to forty, and then the winning person is going to get to forty, and then we had somebody too that was. Well, I think he could have bought one of those other cards yeah. to get a little higher, but he used that four. When I got over to forty, he got his last turn, which he could have gotten like an eight nine point oh, okay. card. But so you had, so that like, can the happen. game was over. Yeah halfway through basically so you guys yeah. had the same situation we did with johnny where you had yep. somebody that was so low yeah i mean one person that was a little bit closer kind of like you were okay it and... would it would be interesting to see with more plays if that continues to where one person's really low and someone shoots way up well i think it's going to happen to some extent regardless Maybe i can not see to those extremes but... as extreme yeah but it, it's interesting more, but... that we had those extremes though yeah both games i don't yes. find it that interesting uh, depressing. <laughs> Interesting doesn't necessarily mean good. <laughs> so now that was the first game you played at Gen Camp. Yep. And you crushed the new kids that showed up to play with us. Oh yeah. You crushed yeah. our fans. Yep. Crushed those. Crushed them. Yep, that's that was my goal. And then you played a second <laughs> game with them. Yeah, I played Hero Realms yep. was the second one. I had never played that before. They had played Star uh, Realms. Star Realms, yeah. They okay. had played that. I haven't played that either i played some deck builder games in that like mm -hmm. lord of rings ones and that uh it's basically hero realm it's a basically a straight deck building game and you know combat and that it was we played four players so it's where we did it where you're attacking the person on your left okay all the time um so and it was elimination correct yeah we did or, elimination okay. where one person gets eliminated then you're basically fighting a new person there um it got pretty low at one point where I was down to just, you know, six or seven, you know, hit points left. But on that turn, like, I was able to heal some, and then the person to my right got beat, and then he was able to do it, the person, you know, got him, was able to do a little bit more damage to me, but that kind of helped me because it wasn't a full turn against me. So I was able to okay. heal a bit, get back up there, and then... <laughs> and then crush him? By the end, yeah. Slap him around? Got you know I was attacking Aaron so I got him and then you know we took us a little while there but I had it's like I got to the combos I, I the card I had my special was that I could look at the top three cards in the deck and take up to two of them so by the end I was able to get rid of some of my you know you know gold cards so I was, didn't really need to buy anything mm -hmm. so money didn't do me any good because I could just take cards yeah um so I was able to. Like, just drawing drawing cards i had like 12 cards out there and it was like 40 hit points a couple turn like every other turn i was getting 40 hit points it was like yeah was, yeah so yeah beat up on your your fans <laughs> try to crush their spirits so they did look a little relieved after you left they like, did oh we finally have a chance to win now yeah I, I was the bully so you know so it was kind of funny because they they rode there on bikes they got on their bikes and left and said they were going to lunch, and we were like, yeah, after Michael killed them, then they're probably not coming back. I did tell them that I was going to be gone, so that's probably why they came back. <laughs> they did come back. So that, I've, me and Tim also have Star Realms. I've played Star Realms a number of times. Um, I played Hero Realms a couple times. It's basically the same exact game. It's just different theme is all it yeah, is. Okay. Artwork so it sounded down. like one. Space instead of fantasy. Yeah. So I've never played with more than two. I don't think I'd want to because it seemed like that took forever you guys I yeah know, it was quite a long time yeah and yeah. like when you play it two player it's like 10 15 minutes mm -hmm. max and it's like done and that's when i was playing it too like i think i would like it more to like it's you're fighting the same person that's attacking you for, for yeah because it was weird because one person was attacking me and like, i couldn't do anything against them besides blocks yeah and then i was attacking someone else so it, 
not say I necessarily I didn't like that a ton. Yeah. I think it would be better as a two player game, basically. Yeah. And I did play it later, two player. Okay. I had a bad play of it. I I like Star Realms quite a bit and I wanna say I like Hero Realms, but my first play of it, so Marv played as the thief. Did he have his uh what or uh home alone dial next to him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. Good. Not really. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. So he was the thief and on his turn, if he spends two coins, I have to discard a card. And then he had a couple other cards that had to discard a card. So I was playing pretty much the entire game with a hand of four or three cards. So that oh, was God. irritating. <laughs> and then the lineup to buy from that came out, I think the cheapest card in the lineup was a six. It sucks when like deck builders have that where all the cards are just yeah. expensive ones. And so it was like six, seven, eight. I can't come close to that. I can buy one of the little ones that are like two points. Yeah. So it's tough to even build up. So yeah. That you can yeah. So I couldn't build. I something. couldn't build anything up. I just kept discarding cards. Even if I had a full set of hand, my full hand, it still would have been pretty hard to buy those cards. But I could have eventually gotten to that point. But I could never get there. So I was just getting just, hammered, just hammered, yeah. the whole time. and it was like. Uh, I think you said you're the cleric too, so it's yeah. like a just a painful death. Yeah, you're so, slowly healing yourself yep. while getting hit. Yep. So that was my my gimmick was just healing myself <laughs> as I discard cards and then get hit and lose like two more points and then I heal back up a couple and then just get hit. It was just irritating. Yeah, mine was the, the ranger was the one I had that you could you get the two cards. So like, and you know a couple of those early times I was able to instead of like buying stuff I could just take an eight and a seven point card. Mm-hmm. from uh, there and so that was very useful I bet game, and later too, <laughs> I bet it was <laughs> so Tim while that was going on I think you played a new one for the first time I did are you talking about Clans of Caledonia I am yes so I kept hearing that it was a lighter version of um, Terra Mystica which in I have not same, played in the same spirit of that in Gaia. and Gaia Project yeah and I would say that I did feel it in the fact that you're putting out different um, buildings, so to speak, so you can put out, you know, your cows, and then you can put the little cheese wedge out there as like a cheese factory, so you can transfer your milk into cheese. Same thing with like the wheat fields, you can make a bread factory, so you can yeah, change. Because whatever you put out there, then your income will actually be. So if you put out a wheat field, you produce two wheat at the end of the round. If you put yeah. out a cow, you produce milk at the end of the round. And okay. then let's say the cheese factory that allows you to process a milk into a cheese. Yep. Okay. So in that aspect, I felt like it was very similar to Gaia Project. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, it didn't have the tracks. It didn't have the terraforming stuff. So it was, it did give that feel, and it was kind of a shorter game. Uh, I gotta say, I liked it quite a bit. I like those games where you're putting stuff out on the board, and then you're generating income from it of a certain type, and then you're using that to score points or fulfill orders, and just kind of slowly moving yourself around the map and just kind of stretching your yeah building that engine up and kind of seeing that work so i had a good time with it i really like those kind of games too i haven't haven't played that yet but Mm -hmm. that sounds right up my alley yeah i've played it before i picked it a few months ago 
and played it. That was the first time I'd played it with more than two. Now, I liked it with two. It was fine, but I did like it considerably more with three and four just because of the the map. There's more competition. Mm-hmm. You can cut people off and just things like that. I liked that. That almost sounds interaction-y. It is, but I mean... <laughs> it really it, wasn't too much, You though. really have to okay. have misplays to get completely blocked off, cause, but it just makes Still it... do stuff. Yeah, because it actually benefits you, too, sometimes if I place something next to Tim's uh, cheese dairy, I can then buy cheese from the market at a discount. Okay. I place right next to him. Yeah. So I like the market track a lot. So let's say uh, there's this market board, and it has the price of bread at $13. Now, if I buy two bread, then I buy two bread for $26, 13 a piece. Then the price will go up $2. So now when someone buys or sell, and then when you sell, the price goes down because it's... Yep. It's, it's, I like it's that a lot. Man. It's yeah. really cool. Um, I enjoy the contracts. Early game, you get money for taking contracts. Late game, you have to pay. So you're yeah. like, Ugh. which ones do you gamble on to take early? Yeah. You can only have one contract at a time too, so it's not like you can load up on a bunch and, early game. Yep. Okay. And there's no way to get rid of contracts at all. So you have to really make sure you grab the right ones so you're not stuck with it for too long. Yeah. Type of thing. So it's okay. it's. That sounds the, interesting. Yeah. yeah. One of the my favorite part probably is at the end of the game. So some of your contracts will have either tobacco, sugar, or cotton on them. And when you complete a contract with, say, cotton on it, cotton moves up three on this track. At the end of the game, whatever good has been moved, so the most rare good, is worth five points. So cotton moved the least. It's worth five points for every cotton you have on your contracts at the end of the game. Tobacco, everyone is moving tobacco. So that's the most common one. That's only worth three points at the end of the game. Okay. So it's it kind of fluctuates like that. And I know at the end of the game, I was like, well, cotton's way up there. That's going to be worth three. I have no cotton on my contracts. So what ended up Johnny beating me was Marv completed a contract and it ended up shooting uh, tobacco past the cotton. So every <laughs> cotton was worth four instead of three, and my tobacco was worth three instead of four. Okay. So that was, that was pretty interesting. So the wet bandits struck you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like that a lot. There's a lot of things I like about that. Um, yeah. yeah. You kind of got to be flexible with you know what you're going for, you know, depending on what other people are doing. You got to yeah. you know, pay attention to that. I got to say I was surprised, too, because... It's such a small box, too. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's it's surprising how much, I guess, game is in there. Game in such a little box. Yeah, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So something we played, uh, basically to, we were playing with the store owner. After store closed, we wrapped up <laughs> Gen, Gen Cant, and that yep. was Bang the Dice game. Yep. So we had some interesting games in there. Um, the first game. Yep, so it's owned by Jeff and Hillary. So Jeff... We taught him Bang. It was his first time playing Bang. He oh, said he, okay. he loved he loves playing King of Tokyo, so he was familiar with the mechanics. Okay. And so the very first game, he's a sheriff, and I'm sitting to his left, so he rolls, and then it's my turn. And I think it was perfect that he's a sheriff for his first game. Yeah. Then you get to see how the game kind of plays out, and everyone's lying to you, saying you know, I'm your deputy. And all yeah. That. So. Yeah, like five deputies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Typical. So I was an outlaw, and I didn't hold back. I just started shooting him right away. Okay. It goes to Ryan. You were an outlaw, correct? I was an outlaw. I was the third person to take a turn in the game. Yep, and what happened on your turn? So I rolled dice, 
I got three arrows. Rolled again, three more. <laughs> rolled again, I got three more arrows. So I instantly rolled nine arrows, took all the arrows from the supply, and the arrows go off and I die. <laughs> like, that's instantly. You just kill yourself. Yeah, instantly killed me. And he's looking like, holy shit. <laughs> so then Johnny goes, and Marv awesome. had taken like a couple hits from other people. Yep. Or he went, Johnny rolls first roll, five ones. Boom, kills Marv. <laughs> so Marv's dead. Like <laughs> He just uh, says, like, yep. is this game always like this? Yeah. <laughs> so then one of the last games we ended up playing too is he was the sheriff again, Jeff. And got down to one hit point. And he was going to get killed. No, it was Marv's turn. It he was... played a special ability on his deputy card and it said switch roles with the sheriff. You are now the new sheriff. He's the deputy. Yeah, so oh, keep in mind now the deputy has one hit point. Yeah. And that made sense. You know, Marv yeah. had like yep. seven hit points. So Marv rolls and he rolls a Gatling gun and he keeps it. He doesn't re roll it. <laughs> and it's like, what do you like, what you, do you you realize it's gonna take one hit point from everyone, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, then what are you doing? You're gonna kill the only yeah, guy one, in your team. You're one yeah. ally, you take his job <laughs> and then you kill him. Which okay, you took his job, great, but now you're killing him. Like what? It yeah, it was like you want to keep your teammates but... there as long as you can. That's you have to yeah. Right. So, game. so we had some interesting games <laughs> a... of that. That was that was pretty fun. Yeah. So in true wet bandit fashion, yep. they they strike again. So. Yep. Did he enjoy the plays? Yeah, yeah, he, he said did. He he was, yeah, he was chuckling and. Because even when stuff like that happens, I still enjoy the game like that. Even yeah, like even if I get crushed by something like yep. that too, like yep. it's still exactly. It's still something you won't. You'll yeah. always have that story. You always remember yeah. that. Oh, right. It's, it's funny stuff. So something new I got to the table recently was Lagranja, or Lagranja. I'm not exactly sure. And I think you guys have both played this as well. Yeah, I got two plays of it in. Yeah, just the one. So I'd had this for a few months and. I gotta say the rulebook sucks. I'm reading through it, and when you read all the way through it, okay, it's a smooth, easy read. But there's so many little rules and weird exceptions that aren't in the right places when you want to reference something mm-hmm. or just oddball spots. So I think it was like the first time I actually had to make a note card just of like three or four different things just so I didn't forget when I was teaching the game or just during gameplay. Yeah, but that's that, always not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh boy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's going on here? But that aside, I actually like it quite a bit. And I think I've played it three times now. And it's crawling up a little bit each time I play it really? for me. Right. Yep. My favorite part is each card you play, you can put on your player board in one of four spots. That's very cool. Yeah. Oh, it, so it's a lot of things to look at and decide, well, which card am I going to put down here? Which one am I going to put on top? You know, yep. Left, right? Like, so it's a lot of you know, decisions with each card. Yeah. So that, that is kind of you know, interesting decisions to make. So one part of the card is like a special ability. Another part is basically a, a market. So you, uh, something you're trying to, a recipe you're trying to complete to get points. You're trying to deliver. The right side is deals with a little more with some income. And then the left side is fields that you might get goods on. I think my favorite part is when you complete one of those contract cards, basically, you put your disc out on this area control part of the market. And if you put yours adjacent to someone else's and your number is higher than theirs, you actually will bump them out of the market because you're like a bigger 
bigger business, bigger vendor coming in and like they're going to come shop to you now instead of like the lower. I I enjoyed that quite a bit. I know it's not a huge, huge part of the game, but it was just interesting. I liked that. A little different. Yeah. The way that that worked. Tim? Yeah, it, it had a little bit of that interaction, but it was just kind of a weird, or not that it was weird, but it was like subtle where it didn't hurt you later. I, you know, you score points off of it a little bit. But it's not like it was the main focal point. It wasn't point detrimental of the game. or anything. No, it really yeah. wasn't. It was and more when you put those out too, you know like, all right, I'm putting a three out. I know there's a five right next to it. So like eventually yeah. that's gonna probably right. get more kicked than likely out. it's gonna get bumped out. Yeah. So. so you gotta plan a little bit where you put those so you're not getting, you know, three kicked out at once. Yeah, you don't wanna right. set someone all yeah. up to bump four. So there's four something at you once. can do about it. Or you know, like I'm gonna you know, put this out like it's not a big deal because you, you get the points when you yeah. put stuff out there. So if you mm-hmm. get knocked off, you don't get a... Yeah. Get a, you know, another thing to turn. keep an eye on earlier where you're placing your cards is if you don't want to get bumped, then don't go to fulfill a two or a three yeah. on put, those put cards. Put a six out there. Put a six yeah. or a five out there that you can complete that order and put that out there. So there's yeah. ways around it, and there's enough options with those cards and where you're playing them on the boards. That it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's not the kind of action where it's like oh it's take that you know that kind right. of stuff so, right yeah which I often don't like. I thought the interesting part too was the craft buildings because you can deliver to those as well. And when you deliver to them early in the game, it's good because you get the marker and it might give you some income. It might give you some special benefits throughout the game. But then later in the game, if you deliver to that craft building, you get more points the later you deliver in the game. So it's kind of like a Based on the round. Yeah, which do you want to deliver early and get that benefit throughout the game or deliver later for more points? Yeah, so that, that was kind of... Which one you kind of look at, you neat. Know, is like, what is it, half of them that are covered initially? Three out of yeah. the six? yep. So you can kind of look at the three available, like, all right, now which one of these do I want that, you know, ongoing income from and get a little bit less points? Which ones do I want to go for later that maybe I don't need that mm-hmm. ongoing thing? I'll, you know, go for this strategy. And I like it. There's a lot of different things going on with the game a lot you know interesting choices you have to make and you know between like am i trying to you know get these fields so i can build up my resources more do i want to get these special abilities so it's a lot to think about with it it has that little dice drafting it's just a little thing but it's something that i enjoyed because the last dice that isn't taken everyone actually gets that action which it's just a little touch i don't know why that is kind of cool but yeah it was good this is interesting the uh the one thing i'll say besides a rule book that i don't like is it is hard sometimes to remember okay i'm getting points for this this and this and sometimes you forget yeah. possibly especially you know to take the, especially in the first game i like because there's so many different things like are you, this 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 and this happens and like sometimes i'd forget to take the points and i remember like all right well i was playing against you ryan and like all right well you're going and i was like oh i missed these two points and that kind of thing's so, like even the second game that happens some but like obviously yeah. as you play more you get used to that but it is tough to remember just because there's so many different things each time to to keep track of in my small brain yeah and i know in the first couple <laughs> rounds it's like how am i ever gonna get any points and deliver anything and then by the end of the game you're like i just can't get enough deliveries i want more deliveries because you got all this stuff and you want to <laughs> deliver it all day <laughs> right. it's kind of funny after that second game you know because i you know i think i did a little better in that second game with stuff and like the same thing. I was like, well, next time I need to, you know, just deliver more stuff early because get stuff out there. Because towards the end, I like you said, I like I just need to deliver more, and I can't now. So I yeah, 
kind of hamstrung myself. So, Tim, what did you think of Lagrana overall? Because I didn't know how you'd feel about this one. I was surprised by it. I didn't know what to think. You know, again, it goes back to me being shallow. The art and components yeah. are... You're very shallow, yes. The components were fine. The art, it was very kind of blah. It was it was meh, very boring yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah. Dry. And, but gameplay-wise, and I think the biggest thing was just the multiple-use cards that I always like in games. Mm. And when a game gives you basically four different options on a card, on how you can play it or where you play it, that it's pretty cool. Mm. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to more plays. So we'll see where it goes. Okay. Yeah, and I'd like to play because I just played it the two players. I'd be interested to play it, you know, with more players as well. Yeah. Um, see how that, see how that changes things. But I, I enjoyed, enjoyed the game. I'd like to play again. So the nice thing about more than two is basically that market stall in the center there's more competition out there as far as bumping and then there's more dice to choose from as well when you're dice drafting because you're two more dice per player all the time so there's always, more dice always, getting rolled. You, you always get two and then everyone gets the last one yep. okay yeah because yeah, that was one of the in that first game like <laughs> did really good towards the end but like, early in that game like just I think it, was it was always income, pigs was, yeah we kept yeah, rolling pigs i kept getting lots of pigs and it was like I can't do anything. Like, what do I do with this? Like, so, and this is a, a lot, you know, those dice kept getting the same rolls all the time. I was like, I need something different. So another game from our Gen Cant event that finally, after all these years, maybe not years, but I finally played the first Sentry game. Okay. Well, the Sentry Golem years, to be yeah. more specific, but same game, just different. I didn't know you hadn't played that long. Uh, yeah, it's... you never huh. never brought it or picked he's, it when I was there. He's picked it, but... Yeah, for whatever reason, Probably I just... We were picking it the same day, maybe, something, something like have, that. It could have been, but um, I've played the second and third game in that series, and I would say that this is my second favorite of the series. I would okay, go with ahead. New World, Century, and then Eastern Wonder okay. as my third. And... I knew basically how it played, you know, playing cards and stuff, mm -hmm. but it played pretty fast. I played with the two kids that came and then Johnny, and we played through it pretty quick. I don't remember who won, but... Um, so clearly not you. Yeah, obviously You would have remembered yeah, that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. Just kind of a simple playing your cards... Gaining upgrading gems, cubes, upgrading or, gem. yeah, gems, yeah. In that, so yeah. in this one, uh, in the Golem edition, I really like the art. It's kind of like the fantasy. You're basically hunting these golems, and you're getting these gemstones and stuff. And then the gems themselves are like these big chunky gemstone pieces. Yeah, I played that, look... that once. That version, I, I really like the gems. In yeah, that. they like, look they're really cool. The art, I, I I like both the arts. I probably like Spice Road a little bit more, but okay, you know. They're both good. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of preference. And the gameplay, I think, is exactly the same. Yeah, it's, it's identical. Even the cards are the same. Yeah, exact it's the same cards. exact thing. Yeah. It's just art. Yep. So yeah, I can finally mark off Sentry <laughs> from my playlist. So now we'll have to play, play the, the, uh, the four different combination ones. Yeah, so. I'd like to try all of them. I'd like to try one and three together first. One and three is the one I was most interested in. We'll see once I actually you know play them in that. But I, I looked yeah. into the rules on that a bit. So. Now that you know everybody's kind of, I think most people have played them, 
you know, in our, yeah. in our group and that. So I think it, yeah. we can, they're, it's not they're like all super simple enough. Yeah. 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 One thing I did want to mention is so Johnny actually brought that. Did you see his face light up when, uh, when he they... saw someone picked his game or whatever? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, he came back inside and he saw like that was out, and he's like, "Is he just like had this big <laughs> grin on his face?" And uh, I was like, "Johnny, uh, just made his day." Yeah, because I had I've played it before. It's been a little while, so I was mm-hmm. kind of skimming the rules to teach those kids. I was like, "Oh, Johnny, you want to you know how to play this, right?" He's like, "Oh yeah." And he's like, he's just all super <laughs> all excited. about it. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny. It's all jacked up. So our brother's visiting from uh, Florida, Michael. And he's he not... Is, yeah, I noticed that. He's a book reader, an avid book reader, but he's not a gamer. Nope, not at all. And we actually got him to play King of Tokyo. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if we are going to be able to get him to play a game, but yep. you know, we did it. As Mission accomplished there. I remember I asked, he's like, well... Do you want to play King of Tokyo? I was like, should I say, can we make you play King of Tokyo? Not yeah. do you want to. Yeah, will you? Will like, you? Can we force you to do this? Yeah. So, And he actually, he, I think he played it and he had a little bit of fun. I know he said he actually has it because he was thinking about playing it with like some work friends or something like that yeah. at night sometimes. So, so yeah, played I think he, you know, he enjoyed that. Yeah. You know. Yep. So it, it's a good game for... For somebody who's somebody not at that level yet, and yep. that, so it's you know Definitely. entertaining rolling dice, simple. Everyone knows, like most people know, like Yahtzee, where you get three three rolls. Yeah, you know, he's played I mean, a ton of Yahtzee of before. So, so my question: He was a new player, so did Michael just stomp him? Michael did end up winning. <laughs> I got, I got, <laughs> I stom- love stomping I got new players. <laughs> Kevin was pretty close. He had like yeah, sixteen or so points. I had like two points. I had nothing. Oh, okay. I was getting just rammed. I know that makes you happy to hear, Tim. <laughs> Bring a little smile to your face. <laughs> that you were getting stomped yeah. or that Michael won? <laughs> that, that Ryan was getting stomped. Getting stomped. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I've met Kevin. I don't know. But I would probably say he's my favorite gas brother. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> Until you meet him. That's a safe, <laughs> probably a safe bet. Can't argue with it. Yeah, I'm liking your brother more and more the less I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love going around here. <laughs> the last one I have to talk about is a new one for all of us as well, and that is Trajan. So I'll listen to one of your guys' thoughts before. Yeah, so that um, it was a really fu- a fun game. There's a lot going on with it, a lot of choices to make, and you know, with the where you pick up those those tokens, you know, bring them around the rondel, the rondel, and that, and like the tough part for me was like the planning part of it because it's the token that you the place where you end on is the action so i like trying to plan ahead and i especially that first game like all right so i brought him around and now oh shoot this messes up what i was going to try to do the next round so like it was tough getting that down i played twice so that second game i, I felt like i had it down better so i was able to like I didn't yeah. mess up as much what I was planning to do. Yeah. Like it mm-hmm. didn't screw up my plans. But that's fun. Like there's very, very different things that you're doing with each of those. Um, so I liked getting those those tokens that you can I didn't do that in the first game. The second game, those tokens where you can use it as any car or use it as any I forgot those buildings. I don't know if that's what they're called, yep. but those buildings and yep. that, or you can use it as a resource. So that I like going for that in that second game. Okay. It was fun. But like each of those different, is it six different actions yep. that you can do and each of them, you know, just a lot of different strategies that you can use to do that. Yeah, really it's it's six mini games, really. 
Basically, yeah, because they don't like relate to each other too much for the most part. That concerns me because I typically don't like that in games. Like Western Legends, I didn't really like because it was yeah, like a bunch of mini like games. It's like the buffet style. Yeah, and I just I was I was surprised that that didn't bother me at all. I actually really enjoyed it. I think the the one space that allows you to, you know, take some of those those tokens or whatever so that one kind of relates to the others um but but yeah usually i'm I'm kind of with you on that where like if it's just you're doing this one game that doesn't relate to anything else but yeah i, I didn't mind in this game either mm-hmm. and, so obviously we've been playing a bunch of crusaders and we kind of all learned both mm-hmm. of them at the same time right so we've been playing more crusaders because obviously it's coming up in the review so i was used to that so that one is where you pick up that's how many actions you take of that so this one it's different it's where you land yeah is where you take the action it took me most of the first play to get my (laughs) mind off of how i wanted it to work or how i kept thinking Uh, you're used to it yeah how i was used to it so I was getting irritated, and probably 85% of that first game, I just didn't like it. Towards <laughs> the end, though, when I started getting out of that getting mindset, and this is how it works, yeah. yeah, towards the end, once I started understanding how everything worked as well, it started to come together. So I'm looking forward to my next play. I'm not going to you know, say I hated it or that I really liked it yet because... Like I said, most of the first game, it was just trying to feel out how everything works because, like you said, Ryan, it's kind of like that buffet style mm-hmm. where everything does something different. Scoring points for, like, everything. Yeah, but yeah, it's not... Like that. Yep. But nothing's really related to the other yeah. actions. It's just kind of, yep. you know, different things you can do out on the board. Yeah, so I I really enjoy this game a lot. Um I liked it a lot my first play. I liked it even more my second play. I think this one's going to go pretty high up there. I think some interesting things is all six actions to me feel satisfying. The little touch that they have where you can get some forum tiles, not forum tiles, but Trajan tiles. And when you, whatever bowl you end in, if you have markers matching the color of that Trajan tile, you actually get a bonus. It gets you some points oh, yeah. and some yep. other some other stuff. I think... That adds some thinkiness to when you're picking up and dropping off, as well as... It makes you feel smart, too, when you can piece it together to where you take the action you want and you're dropping the same color and you're Mm -hmm. matching colors. It's kind of like... There were several times, you know, trying to do that, like, oh, this is going to mess up. Like, now do I do the action I want to do or do I not do that action so that I can get that do i spend or whatever a turn or two to do something else that i don't want to do as much and then get to do that yeah it just adds something to like how you want to plan those turns out and when it works well it's really awesome like but sometimes you're like i didn't quite plan this right another one of those things are like oh i forgot that now i'm going to move this one and now i can't get those two tokens sometimes they're the same a lot of times they're two different colored tokens but like well, I planned out half this right, half yeah. not. So, like, also makes you feel dumb so, sometimes. Yeah, it, makes, or at it, least it frustrates me. you a little bit sometimes, but then when you do it, it feels pretty satisfying. Yep. Something else, I like the, uh, basically, the time tracker that's like the, keeps track of the rounds. It's however different. many tokens you pick up, that's how much spots you move on this time tracker. And basically, you do four laps around it, and then that's going to be a quarter of the game where you have to meet some demands, kind of like feeding people, yeah. feeding your workers, that type of thing you can look at it as. 
in the end of the round, especially at the end of the game, because it, it ends as soon as that person gets over. So, try, you know, especially right at the end, it's like, all right, so he could pick up this one and go one spot, or he's got seven here, so he could end it now, like trying to figure out, like, yep. how many turns do I have left? Or if yeah. I go a one, can I get another turn in? So yeah, like, is there or is there something he really wants to do here before the end of the quarter year, that type of thing, where I think I might get another couple turns? Yeah, because you have to feed at the end of a quarter, and, like, you want to, you know, try to get that... Yeah. those different ones that are out there and like i like how that's different every time too uh, so that's kind of neat um what you're feeding i will say the rule book on this one was silky smooth really yeah it took half an hour if that to even read and it was just simple because all the actions are actually really easy it's just so many different actions that you can do you know what i mean yeah the there, strategy behind it is, yeah you know there's a lot going on there but as far yeah. as understanding what everything does yeah i thought you know mm -hmm. you explained it the first time i was like all right i kind of know everything that i can do it's just what should i do and you know <laughs> am i gonna re pick up these tokens right because i i played crusaders once so it wasn't probably as many times as you had like so i figured it out but it was it was tricky that yeah. first play getting so I will say right. I learned them both at the same time pretty much. I didn't have that trouble that especially you did, Tim. Well, I wonder if it's because you read through the rules. If, if that probably more was familiar. What, yeah, with you were, yeah, you were more I was going into it almost just completely fresh, just learning it as we went. And and you're right, the similarities and they're very similar in those tokens and that, but that one change is so different that if you in your mm. brain you have it wrong like that's really gonna mess you up yeah so that's my excuse at least yeah <laughs> so if i have any say in it i'll be forcing people to play this in the future i would not you know nobly step away like <laughs> like we talked about before yeah i would i would still play it i look forward to it you know like i said the last couple turns that i had you when i was, started yeah so getting it you know between that and learning all the different actions itself now that I know how it works and all the actions work, I'm looking forward to playing it again. I did Just like kinda, it more that second that yeah. second play in that. Yeah. I have one final new game. What do you got? 13 days. Ah, yes. I've Finally. played this a few times. Yeah, was that the... how long it takes to play or? This... No. Oh, okay. No. Right. No. It's very short. It is. I'm starting to almost get annoyed the more games come out and they say, oh, it's. Twilight Struggle Light. They yeah no they just they just throw that around a they, lot yeah they toss it around to try to get people interested yeah and Marv taught it to me and it plays pretty quick it's the same theme as Twilight Struggle so what's the theme of it the Cuban Missile Crisis or okay. the Cold War okay. style okay and it doesn't really have any events you know you play your cards but it doesn't have like the flavor that like twilight struggle has where it actually has the like historical events that happen on the cards this one has it a little bit but it, you don't feel it nearly as much okay i felt uh but you're putting cubes on the board trying to take over different tracks uh the interesting thing that it did was on the side of the board depending on where you place cubes you're going to move up this death contract of these three or four different tracks i think it's three if you ever get one of your tokens all the way to the top, at the end of the round, you're going to trigger Nuclear War and lose. If you get three of your tokens in, like, the three and four section, you lose the game. And then if you are if you have at least one token below it, or however it worked, it you'd 
kept playing. So you play like three or four rounds, and then you kind of check for victory. And I think I was winning like one nothing in the final like check. And I think Marv and I both got bumped up into the nuclear war at the same time, so we both lost at the same time. Well done. <laughs> so Dual nobody loss. won. Yeah. So we. Yeah. No one won. If he triggers nuclear loss. war, we both did. Oh, you both did. Okay, yeah. okay, okay guys. Gotcha. So our tokens were exactly on this, on top of each other. We had needed to move up one spot, and what happened was we scored the same region, or something goofy like that. So whoever's leading in that, you move them up one space. So we okay. both got moved up at the same time and okay, triggered it or something. So what'd you think of the game? I liked it. It wouldn't be one that I seek out. If, you know, Marv and I are going to play a two-player game and he has it with him and he wants to play, yeah, I'll play. Um, but, yeah, it was fine. I did play Twilight Struggle the day before. so That game is so good. So, like, yeah, so that one is a different like, one, I understand that, like, well, this just reminds me a little bit of it and it's got the same theme, so I just want to play Twilight Struggle. Yeah, it was like a little <laughs> tease, even though I had, like, the main course the day before. It was like having yeah. leftovers. In a sense. Yeah, if it's the... been a while since you played Twilight Struggle, maybe you'd enjoy it more. Yeah, that could have okay. been. But it was it was pretty good. They don't compare it all to me. I mean, I... yeah, it's the same theme, but this is like a half-hour game. It's a little bit of card play. That's it. Yeah, you're playing cards to play yeah. pieces I, out. But I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I liked it for what it was, and I played it a few times. Mm-hmm. Before we get into table talk, I do have a story for you. Ooh. Kind of news-ish events. Some Tim news. Yep, some Tim news. Oh boy, this should be good. Yep, another Dynogenics expansion. <laughs> hey. um, no, it's not. Well, it's kind of a Kickstarter news story. I like to call this story Warning Bells. It is a story about a company that kickstarted a game called Unbroken. And the company's called Golden Bell Games. So I remember seeing this come out on kickstarter it's a solo game i think they made almost six hundred thousand dollars and recently the game's getting close to being delivered or it's partially delivered but a lot of sketchy stuff's coming out about this company have you guys i have not no i've seen it on the hotness but i you, you wasn't want interested to in okay the, I, I basically i look at the game i see a little bit what it's about or the play and i just like that Okay, so what's happening is there were a couple updates early on that they were going to ship out the game, but not in boxes. They were going to ship it out in like just plain envelopes or padded envelopes. So a lot of the backers were like irritated. They're like, no, we don't want that. So then like the next update, they came out and they said, okay, yep, we'll ship it out in boxes. No problem. We got to figure it out. They're on its way. A few updates later, they send out saying, well, we screwed up. We way undercharged everyone for shipping. So now it's not mandatory, but we'd like it if you would send an extra 10 to $15 to help us cover that shipping cost. And then they go on to say, oh, Golden Bell took over this project and we're not for profit. We're not going to make a dime on this everything that we have to overpay in shipping we're going to be losing money on so it's starting to get kind of weird right well then they start stories start coming out from backers that they were getting text messages 
from the owner of this Gold Bell Studios that he was texting backers if they had complaints or something, he would get their information and contact them because they'd want a refund and then he would kind of... Uh, there's this whole thread on Board Game Geek and these different Facebook groups of people that took screenshots and it's basically the owner just treat them like shit and it just really really huh. weird that he would actually like text them personally instead of just going through emails yeah. you know yeah so you can look now uh, there's a board game geek geek list that someone put together because they started digging up older see i love when uh the board game community gets amped up about this on board game geek because they'll like do all this research and find all this stuff out i'm telling you there's this there's this geek list because that it's I, I can't remember the name of that game like a year or two ago that they were basically board they were investigating and they found out that they were fraudulent and then yeah, everyone yep kickstarter ended up canceling the project yeah i can't stuff. remember what it's called but, but anyways. anyways so there's a board game geek list now that it's 15 games deep of comp uh, different games that this company has dealt with on Kickstarter. And it talks about the different shady, different stuff that they've done with these different games. Have they gone by different names like each time? Well, or? no. What happens, some of them, when I was reading through, what happens is that after the game is fully funded, maybe, like, say if you and I made a game, and we self-publish it, and then Gold Bell would come in, and they would help us with distribution. And then different wacky, like there was this Napoleon. Um, so you, what you're saying is you and I really aren't the ones that did anything wrong. It's all this Golden Bell. Yes, they okay. would. They would step. So it's in. not the guy who made this unbroken game. It's... No, and a lot of people. Well, so I think to start off, I think I, I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but I think they were part of it. From the get-go. Okay. But some of these other campaigns, so they'd step in and they'd help get the word out or whatever. They'd sign the game late in the campaign. And they basically did the same thing with this um, Napoleon game that came out. I can't find it right now, and I don't have it now. But where they were ready to ship, and they came out and said, nope, we need an extra so much money for shipping because we undercharge shipping. So... They basically started telling backers, well, we can't ship this game until we get so much money from backers. So they were almost like holding it hostage. Yeah. And they started sending some... So back to this Unbroken, they started sending some copies out. Well, what happened was they screwed up and they sent... Some people didn't get a copy at all. Some people got two copies of the game. Okay. So then they would email the people that got two copies... Well, first they would send out emails to people that didn't get anything at all. And they would ask them, is it okay if we give your shipping information to somebody else so they can ship you the extra game that they got? So just super wow. weird. Just Completely unprofessional. Yeah, they're, they're talking, they talked about uh, opening up a uh, GoFundMe now that the campaign's over. So that will help them raise shipping costs or help pay for the shipping costs that they're going to be losing out on. Um, not a whole lot of people are going to go fund them. Yeah, it's it's so ass-backwards. It's nuts. Yeah. So I found that they're, right currently they're involved in three different lawsuits from different games. So one of them, their 
claiming copyright infringement on another company. The other two have to do with um, they came in to help somebody create a game and they're not upholding their end. So then there's so and this geek list, it actually had links to the lawsuits where you could go and read through the entire lawsuit that's okay. pending. So another issue they had was apparently they were sending out games as media mail as well to help cut costs on mailing. So media mail, it's where it's basically so like libraries can send books cheaper. You know, if you can prove that you're sending a book or like sheet music and stuff like that, it's a lot cheaper than regular mail. So apparently they would include a piece of sheet music in the package and they would send the game to backers and they would claim media mail. So a lot of times, a lot of times the, it would get returned to sender or some of the backers, they claim that they had the package show up saying it was postage due where they would have to pay postage to be able to pick up their game. It was just, these guys are scumbags. It's so crazy. I mean, just reading through the stuff, all these different comments. Well, then they come out with different, uh, cause you can go through and you read all the updates that they've put out and they would go on there and say, well, we can't believe that there's a big campaign of people, you know, going against us and making all these false claims and this and that. But then people in the comment section would literally post a screenshot of the email they got or the text message okay. that they got. From it. It's just so... there's so... a lot of stuff that did happen there, you know, maybe not everything, but... This... It's so weird. And it seems just... pretty shady. <laughs> I mean, I could go on for a while, but it's nah. just... It's nuts. <laughs> I will never back from these guys. You're not a Golden Bell guy? No. Okay. Maybe Aaron will be. <laughs> no? No. Okay. So I started looking at this a few days ago and it seemed like every day there was like There's something more more stuff. something yeah. new or just crazy that would come out just completely off the wall. So Yeah. You got to be careful on Kickstarter. You do. Well, you know, that's the thing because Kickstarter, a lot of people treat it as a store. Like, oh, I'm buying this game, but it's never like guaranteed. You know, you're, you're promised a reward, but yeah. it's not like, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? It's I kind hardly of a, back anything anymore. I did. I backed one last year and I think one this year. I plan on backing another one this year, but it's typically from companies that are already established and trustworthy. I yeah. mean, you never know, but that's what I've been doing typically now. Yeah, I don't... So. I think the biggest leap I made was when Dinogenics was on there. Because that, was a, new, that game, was a new company. But right. But, bad game, but you got it at least. But yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm never, I'm not like a super backer yeah. where I back everything on there, but... You know, it just, it really sucks for the, the people that did back this game and, I mean, all the stuff that they're going through well, now. Well, the guy who made the game. Well, if yeah, that too. he a part of this, he's, just, he's completely just right muddled into it. Yeah, and it just, it puts a black mark on something that, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't need bad publicity, right? You, yeah. You want people to, you know, have a good time. I and mean, we, we game because we love getting together and playing games, right? And if you get a chance to buy a good product and help another smaller company kickstart a game and create 
something that they love, and now it's turning people into absolutely not. I'm not going to back a new Kickstarter yeah, from a new company. You know, you know, taking you know people that would you know back something, but now they're not going to because they're worried about something like that happening. It's it's a, just a shame that right. You it, know, it gets ruined for people. I think yeah. it really hurts the the people that are just starting off trying to make a game on Kickstarter. Yeah. What and are you know trying to be legit? They're not yeah. you know, trying to pull anything over on anybody. Or, right. You know. That. I think that's the people that it's going to hurt the most. Yeah. Hey Tim. Hey Ryan. Ride the whale across the road. Why? To get to the other tide. Nice. Ugh. Is that a sign for me to <laughs> wrap up my so news? Let's get segment? it going here. I missed it. <laughs> Like Kobe. four feet away, and I'm. <laughs> that was much more informational than your last ones, though. I tell you, I, when I started looking into it, there was just so much information out there that, yeah, I I really wanted to make sure I, I did my it. my deal. Yeah, I, <laughs> I fell down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and yeah, hopefully, I, I'm sure I didn't get everything. That's all right, but. I got you can mo- research. I got the word out there. People at home got, can research on their own if they want to yeah. you know, find out more. Like I said, I check out that geek list. I mean, it is just look up Golden Bell affiliated projects and companies, and you can read for a while. So if that wraps up our news of the week, let's get on to this week's table talk. What is this week's table talk? This week's table talk is depth and complexity. So what does that mean to you, Ryan? So, if you look in the dictionary, you're going to see complexity means the quality or state of not being simple, complicated, or hard to understand, intricate. Depth means serious and interesting qualities which are not immediately obvious and which you have to think carefully before you can fully understand them, intense or extreme. That's what they mean to me. (laughs) But as I was reading those, I was kind of like, okay, you know, obviously in board game terms, sometimes stuff can mean different things to different people. But I was like, oh, you know, I could see that in this game or that in this game, that type of thing. Yeah, so I guess like like the way I think of it in terms of, you know, for games is that complexity kind of deals with you know, the rules of the game, like how, you know, you know, intricate those rules are and how hard is it to understand that type of thing. Whereas depth is with like the, the strategy, the tactics with it, you know, what you're getting out of the game sometimes too. Like a lot of times games have a lot of depth that will have a lot of complexity too. So they will overlap quite a bit in, at least for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of the rules versus, what you get out of it and the, the tactics of the game. So I'm going to put it as a simple term. Mine was way. that confusing huh? or? Well, a full diction. <laughs> it, was a, a full it was a sentence. A little wordy. <laughs> it, was full, it was fiddly. It was a fiddly definition. <laughs> so think of it, it was as. too complex for you to wrap your head around think, it. There's more depth there than at first. <laughs> think of it as like you're going out to get a steak. But you're buying it for yourself, right? Okay. So your complexity is how much money you're going to spend on it, maybe. But actually getting it home, getting it cooked, Complexity is it. how much you're going to spend? <clears throat> just just go with it. So it's, <laughs> well, I don't agree with this instantly. Okay, just leave that, leave that out. So okay. you're going to cut that out too? or 
I, I'll leave it. I'll leave it so you can keep ragging on it. So it's how complex is it to make this slab of meat, this steak, right? The depth of it is how much meat on the bone you're going to get off it, right? So maybe instead of you're going out to eat, you're grilling your own. Yeah, steak. you're getting so your how own. How much yeah. you know work is it to you know get to it go prepared. out and get it and prepare it, oh, put okay. seasoning. Okay, that's better. if you're going to grill. Yeah. My change made it better. Yeah, good job, me. <laughs> Very good analogy, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to cut Michael's mic. <laughs> Well, you can just dub your voice over. It <laughs> After you guys leave, I'll just re-record that part. Yeah. Just so took, it took longer than I thought for you yeah. to, to get to cutting off my mic, but you know, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so, what does a game's weight mean to you guys? So, you go on board Game Geek, you can see the weight scale of one to five. What does yep. that mean? It means everything, something different to everybody. But what does it mean to you? To me, that deals more with the more with the complexity than the depth as far as you'll be able to understand what those rules are how much is going on now there are some games that aren't super complex but there's like all right so it's easier enough to know what's going on or what the rules are with the game but as far as like getting a strategy together there's a lot to think about with it so that that will will push it some but the complexity the rules is what I kind of think of more with the weight. Like the depth does impact it. Maybe not so much the what you're getting out of the game, like how satisfied you feel with some of that stuff, but the you know, so I, they both kind of relate to it. Yeah, to I would me. think I'd agree with you where the rules complexity is the number one thing that contributes yeah. to the weight. For me personally, also like the depth of strategy adds into it some. But that kind of typically that goes with rules complexity, yeah. not always. And kind of a secondary thing for me yeah. and stuff too. Yeah, but you can have really deep games that are light on rules too. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, is when I look at complexity, it's I mostly look at okay, how complex are the rules or the game system itself? You know, how hard is yeah. that going to be to get into, mm-hmm. and then going from there. Yeah, and like like I was saying, like it's a you know the the more strategy, like the more you have to think about. It. Even if it's a simple rules game, like there can be a lot to think about, and that'll push it a little bit. It's not going to be a huge. That's not the starting point. Is the rules complexity for sure? Yeah. So when does a game just get too complex for you? Or when does it start towing that line? You could probably guess what game I'm going to say then. Mage Knight. Okay. Yep. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, I was I, we've talked about it a little well, bit. Well, yeah. But so for me, um, in the few plays that I have, and now I haven't worked my way through all the rules myself. I played the solo introduction campaign Okay. and played with you and then played with Ryan once. And I enjoyed the game, but I almost felt like it was like just too complex for what it was doing, I guess. You know, as far as adventuring out and, you know, taking over these castles and stuff like that. So for, to me, I felt like that was almost too complex for a dungeon crawl-ish style game. Okay. So that is probably one of the heaviest games I've played. Now, with more plays of it, obviously I I feel maybe complexity would go down on it. 
So maybe I, hopefully I enjoy it more in that sense. But, you know, complexity is always, it depends on the player, obviously. So depending on what your background is. So for instance, when I was putting this stuff together, I asked my wife, because I was curious what she would say. I asked her what the most complex game she's ever played. And she said it was Village. And basically because you have a few things to keep track of. you got to keep track of your your time marker on your little player board, the actions you want to take, and if you have the, the right cubes to be able to do certain actions. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. That, to me, personally, that's not a game that I thought was very complex. But to somebody that doesn't play that style, yeah, style it's all, or it's all relative game. to so, what you know. Yeah. Yeah, so for, for me now it would be, you know, when does a game get too complex? It would be very different than, you know, a few years ago. Now, like, j- just a, it can't be too complex. Now, I don't like all complex games. I've got to enjoy the game too, but there's not, I don't, I haven't never played a game, at least as right now, that I would say is too complex for me. But you asked me two years ago, and there were a bunch of games like when I was just getting into the gaming, like some of those, like, it was a little too much for me. A couple of those games, like my brain started hurting afterwards. It was one of those like, <laughs> yeah. Now I only kind of got it. I want to play again. Like, and then I, then we play a new game. Is like, my brain is like melting right now. Yeah. And, <laughs> yep. and that's so like, but as I become more experienced and understand, like, all right, and I've you know played enough of you know this type of game where engine building game where I've played enough of the worker placement games where now I can you know get that like doesn't mean i'll like all these games or there's certain styles i may not like as much but i've got to be in the right mood as well sometimes i don't want to play a complex game getting to the end of the night i just want to play a you know simple party game or fill game or something whereas i don't my brain isn't been playing games for 10 hours now i i don't want to start a yeah you know game of dominant species or that that play we have of skullville we played at the end of the night and like I think everybody's brain was kind of melting at that point, but it's just a bad time to play it, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I like that game, but at that particular moment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely um, complex games, it's definitely a commitment. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Like Mage Knight, for example, it's definitely a commitment to read the rules, learn the game, and understand it. you got to be motivated, and yeah. you know it's it's one of those things where... If you don't feel like putting in the time for it, it's not going to make sense to you because it is a long process and it does take a lot of effort to yeah. learn it and, and know how to play it. Right. Those that was kind of the games. first you know, one of us to play that game, and I mean, I watched you know probably one video like three times. I read through the that first rule book with a walkthrough and that like you know, three, four times before I ever played that. But I had, I was like. You know, reading something, about it, I was like, not even necessarily my type of game, but like I was really excited to play that, and and then, you know, so that helped a lot with that because I went through it so many times because there's so many rules to that, and that's a it was a was a commitment, but I like you said, I was motivated though to to yeah. do it, so that that kind of helped, and now, it's, you know, very rewarding game for me whenever I play that. Yeah. I think the biggest hurdle for me in complex games is a bad rule book or one that just 
That makes it real tough. It, yeah. Just so frustrating. Just in any style game. Though, it, yeah, really. especially in the complex ones, because any lighter ones, you kind of it's frustrating, but you you get you it. Still play it. But with yeah, complex ones, you're like, and I do typically on a lot of the real heavy ones. I'll go and watch a video anyways, yeah. you know, and I'll set it up yeah. and learn it. But when the rule book is so bad and it's complex, it's so frustrating. It takes so long mm-hmm. to get it get get it to the table, and you don't feel comfortable then when you're first time teaching it because you don't want it to be a bad experience for everybody so yeah I, I like with mage knight you know ryan i taught you you know first with people and uh, you know, read through it a few more times watching video again <laughs> you know so that i felt comfortable teaching it the one you know the rule book itself like there's a couple of rule books so it's kind of tough to find things in there but the one thing that i really like about it is that first intro play is good like you don't get the full game for it but it it kind of walks you through so you don't have to explain every single thing to a new person right away. So that kind of helps getting into that game yeah. a bit versus the, still a long, long process. For I think game. one of the biggest things, like if you teach somebody with that intro game, you almost got to play it right away, like as soon as you can again. Yeah. Because if you wait a while, it's Start from it's, scratch. It's, it's gone. It's, yeah. Yeah. That information's all gone. Yeah. What are some games, uh, if you guys want to list some games that you feel are complex, and then what we can kind of go over to what the most complex game that you've played? I mentioned it, Mage Knight, that I felt it was the most complex one. Okay. Um, that one was, you, as of right now, at least you feel that is too complex. Correct. Okay. And, I mean, another one would be Through the Ages, and... You know, it's a long game. There's kind of a lot going on with the different buildings you can purchase from the rows. I mean, there's just so much information, just a lot um, to just take in when you're playing. Now, does that go, does that tip the scale too high for you too or no? No. Complexity? No. For that one, no. And I would almost say that initially, I think we played the tabletop version first. Yeah, we played like three games before the app came out. And it felt really heavy but you know with more plays it got better but i think the app helped it a ton because i could sit at work on break and play easily a game within that time and you know you could play with other people or just the computer but it's a great way to learn how the different buildings work off each other the different strategies you can take you know do you want to go for science early or more you know production type of stuff so yeah. I think games that are really complex, I think having an app that you can play a version of the game on, it does help. I'm not saying that you need it, but it definitely does help because you can play a number of games quickly without... Yeah. I think something that's underrated that is probably the best thing you can have for a complex game is the person teaching the game teaches it well for everyone. Oh, yeah. So they can get it. I think that's the number yeah. one thing. So that person teaching it needs to know it, and then they can relay that information in a good way to the players. And it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and really, when a game gets that complex, you got to do more than just read the rule book, like you said, Michael. You got to go watch a video, maybe see some of it. Yeah, see some of it. It kind of clicks more. Some of those. Another thing I like to do sometimes is actually set the game up and almost do a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. just to get a feel of how the different stuff works because then you're thinking of it a different way when you see it on the table and when you start moving stuff around and you might think, oh, wait, 
how does this work? So you might think of questions that might come up when you're teaching the game. Yeah, so like if I have a, a game that is, you know, a solo it can be played solo like Mage Knight, I'll I'll play you know, play a couple of games before I try to teach someone. But even, you know, some other games that aren't solo games, like Brewcrafters when I was doing that one, I basically set up a full game and basically kind of played through it. Like it's not a game with hidden information, so it was fine. I wasn't like playing, playing, but I was right. basically doing all the turns and I didn't finish the game, but you know, going through that so that when those questions came up and that that always helps me when I'm trying to explain a game like all right, now I feel more comfortable with it, so I'm not going to miss as many things yeah. with that. So, and mm-hmm. as far as my most complex ones, you know, Mage Knight probably would be number one. Dominant Species, I think, is kind of a you know more complex yeah. game as well. I would almost say it is complex. I would almost say it's that not game, as much as yeah, that game has. I mean, a lot of these complex games generally have a lot of depth, but Dominant Species has a lot of, I would say, tactical depth. Yeah, that you know? that kind of plays into that for maybe a little bit less on the comple- complexity, but the depth is really there as far as, you know, playing that one the first time, you know, pulling off, you know, you place yeah. all your stuff out first, and then the order things are going to get pulled off. And it took a while to to get that know what to do mm-hmm. and that. So that was, that was one that, I mean, when I read through it, like, that helps you know, me understand it better, like, so I understand it, but, like, a game getting taught to me... Yeah, a lot of times to start a game like, I mean, I kind of get it, but I got to start playing it before I start figuring out some of these rules yeah. too. Would you say your most complex one? Probably Mage Knight. Okay. I think. Yeah, I would say the one I picked, and then the, I'll tell you guys in a second. But then through the ages and Mage Knight were the top three that I was kind of, and Gaia Project too, choosing okay. between. Um, so some complex games for me are really a lot of. A lot of Shivato games. Now he makes tons of games. He makes code names, so he makes a lot of lighter stuff too. Code names but, is the most complex game you've ever played. Yep. <laughs> okay. But uh, through the ages and Mage Knight, you know those are both very very complex. Yeah. Yep. Um, Dungeon Pets too. That game looks cutesy and stuff. Looks light, but it's actually pretty heavy. I don't have to um, guess that. I never played it, but yeah. Uh, it has a lot of depth to it, but it's it's pretty complex. I know Dungeon Lords is also it's pretty mathy and complex. I think the reason for that for him is he likes to, he said he likes to put as much theme as he can in those Euro games, so he actually it feels thematic for you. So that's why there's a lot of little rules, exceptions to rules, things like that. Okay. So that's how he just creates games. Um, Gaia Project was very complex for me. Um, I, you know, I had a bad first play. The two plays since then have been fine, but it's still it's a complex game, and the terminology a lot of times is what threw me off. You're throwing around <laughs> Gaia formers and QICs and that's gyrocopter. Always, just that's tough for me too. Like with those some like, of those terms, yeah, like like, like a dumb species like Wonderlust, like. Wait, what does that mean? Yeah, like, like, like does what? That doesn't mean anything to me in the real world. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you gotta understand the in-game terminology. Um, Alchemist is complex for me, just because it's a different style. The deduction part of that is yeah. to me is like the I really like that part, but that I agree with that. Um, and I haven't played any yet, but Vital Asserta games, um, those are kind of ones I was intimidated by, but I thought I would really enjoy. I know. A lot of people say with his games, you it's hard to rules teach it because in order to explain phase A, 
they need to understand phase C and understand phase D. They need to understand <laughs> a part of phase B and E. So, you know, it's a lot of things are very interconnected. Okay. So, but that is one of the, I'm probably going to learn that Lisboa and Imperial 2030. Those are kind of the next two games I'm going to read through the mm. rules. So all interesting to see. Um, but his games, I'm excited for that, but I am intimidated. I think for me, the most complex game that I've played is War of the Ring, and okay, yeah, that, because that has so many little rules and exceptions to rules, and it's a war game, so it works a little bit different than a lot of the other games both that we sides play. Play very both sides are too. very asymmetrical, especially in the wind conditions, and just so for me, I had to. Now, granted, that was one of the heavier games that I have, and that was one of the earlier ones I got, so I had to watch tons of videos, went through that rule that book one so might many be, times. Um, I might actually move that one to the top of my list. forgot about that one. That's <laughs> Especially that one because you taught that one to me. And like the other issue with that one is like, well, we played a couple games right in a row, but it's another one like need to play that one a few yeah. times in a row to like fully yep. grasp and It's so hard I'm to get doing. it out. I'll play it once or twice a year if I'm lucky. You know, I always want to play it, but it's a tough one to get out. And it's, it's two, two player. Players. It's really long. Yeah. So. so each time before I play it, I know 90% of the game, but I just want to refresh on it, make sure I have it down right. You know, even when we play, I still, you know, you need to look at some stuff every once in yeah. a while just to make sure. But I've gone through that rule book so many times. It's like, you can see my like crinkle fingerprints all over it. <laughs> I know where stuff is because I've read it so many times. So it's nice. So I can yeah. reference it. But that That's the game where like the, that's probably the most thematic, thematic game yeah, I can think of that, f- and that fits with like it feels so much like the Lord of the Rings story, and mm. part of that is because it's so complex. It has those rules in there for that reason, for the, yeah, which is what makes it such a good game. Yeah. But which, it with makes those, it tough to play yeah. too. So complexity, it's a good and a bad thing. You know, it can help a game and it can really hinder it. Yeah, yeah. But so now that I'm done rambling, should we go on to some games with depth? Yeah, you want to start off? Keep, <laughs> just keep rambling. Keep rambling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think games with depth, I mean, are very interesting because you might look at face value and think, yeah, you know, I, I got this game figured out, but you kind of play it or you play it a few times and you kind of realize, oh, wow, there's a lot more to this than I initially thought. Or, man, I, I thought you thought you got a good score, but two plays later, you're almost doubling your score and yep. you're thinking, well, there's quite a bit there. Uh, One thing, like, I, it's interesting for me sometimes when, like, I think, there's no way that that strategy is going to, you know, going for that track is never going to work. That sucks. And then yeah. all of a sudden I get crushed by someone going that strategy is like, well, well, never mind. <laughs> and I think games with depth are the most interesting to also, while you're playing, also observe other players playing. Cause you see decisions they make and you think, why are they doing that? And then you see their plans come to fruition and it's really, Oh, I didn't think of that it's, one. <laughs> it's, it's cool. You get new ideas for yourself or things that you want to try or just, it's it's fun. It's yeah. exciting watching that kind of stuff. So speaking of that, um, I'm a little disappointed in you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's typical. Because you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Yeah, I'm not Give mad. Me the dad treatment. But we talked about in the last episode that you were going to teach me a game that has a lot of depth, and you still haven't uh, taught me your ways. What is that? Gaia Project. <laughs> <laughs> it is complex, but. It's one of those games that every time I play, because I'm so terrible, that I feel like I can do better and that there's more for me to learn from that game. 
And yeah, Ryan was supposed to coach you. Coach me. Yeah. yeah. And and I think yeah. you guys are just awful and I'm just bad. No, you're <laughs> you're guy a grand champ. And the, the group. <laughs> grand champ. <laughs> The seven of us. Yep. I have not who seen half you, of us have played it. I've not seen yeah. you lose yet. I haven't so. played yet, so yeah. I feel like the first time I play that, I'm going to win, and then yeah. progressively it, get worse. Traditionally, like no matter how do. complex the game is or anything, you'll win that first play, and then you'll fall apart. And you yep. might you might go back up after the next couple plays, yeah, but, but play two, three, and four, I just just yeah. fall apart yep. and just can't do anything right. <laughs> I don't know if I try to like oh, I tried this strategy, but now I want to do a more complex strategy. My brain doesn't want to isn't that smart so it can't do it <laughs> after the episode tim we can have a little training session oh can we okay yep if like we that. don't i'm gonna call you on the next episode <laughs> all right <laughs> disappointed again <laughs> so an, a game that i feel it is fairly complex i you know initially when i got the game we talked about it before and that's feast for odin okay so really when you boil it down all the actions are the same. The thing that's overwhelming is that there's so many actions that you can take on the board, but they do kind of work off each other. It's just a little better action the more people you place down. So for to me, though, that game has a ton of depth that you got to try to figure out because you're trying to piece together all your goods on your board. There's islands that you can sail out and take over, and then you got another board to place stuff on, and it just... There's so much going on in that game, and I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface of it. So to me, that's one of the games that I feel it has the most depth okay. that I need to try to explore more. Yeah, I've played it just that one time with you, and it's been probably three, four months, and I've been waiting to play that again because I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You're making me want to play this game yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think you'll, you'll like it I don't know why you haven't bit. let me play yet, Tim. Well, maybe after Ryan coaches me and Gaia. <laughs> We can okay. play. Those those two, I think you'd both like. Um, now with Feast, I think that just it looks complex at face value. Yeah. But when you actually start explaining the game, and I have a similar one here, Pipeline. That one's yep. really easy to learn, but I can see it has depth because each time I played it, you you know you you get a little more money, a little yep. more money. You understand how to take better actions and get you know do those secondary actions and stuff. Um, obviously, I think I could improve vastly on that one. Yeah. But I would agree with you with Feast for Odin, definitely. One game for me that's not, I mean, it's, it's you know, some complexity to it, but not like super complex, but I think has a ton of depth to it is um, a game by Sir Alexander Pfister. Okay. Um, Great Western Trail, I think, like, I think that has one that, you know, the most depth of, you know, Okay. Yeah, just about the most depth of any game. Like, it, that's always. Did you see how, how he just perked up there? Oh yeah! As soon yeah, as you said that name, he... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to bring it up this time. <laughs> I think of his games, it does, and I would almost agree with you. Of almost any game, I would say maybe through the ages, but I think Great Western Trail has tons of depth. You know, for you know, I think especially you know, through for the ages, how probably does a little yeah. bit more, but but it's the ages so is much more, more complex. Yeah, so like the exactly. difference between the complexity and the, the depth ratio is yeah. like the biggest difference, and it's tough to get a game with a ton of depth that's not complex in any way. I mean, they're gonna relate to each other some, or at least I haven't played. Yeah, I think like that, but um, something where this makes me really enjoy the co-ops 
um, are the heavier ones, but I think Spirit Island has a lot of depth. You kind of look at it and you think, oh, you know, a co-op. But then you're kind of getting into it, you realize how you work, how your spirit works, and how you can work with the other spirits and thinking ahead as far as stopping those invaders and things like that. Oh, yeah. How There's a lot going together on. Depending on who you are. Like it, Each game is going to be a little bit different depending on what spirit you are. Yeah. Yeah. One, Tim, um, that I know you're going to cringe at, and it's a type of games, and that is abstract games. Super, typically, they have super easy, super simple rules, but yeah. there's tons of depth to those games. And I know that hurts you to hear. <laughs> well, so now... I, Aaron, if you're listening, this was for you. <laughs> there is one abstract game that broke that mold. Okay. And that was Shobu. Okay. It It is one that I want to play again. The first play, I liked it. So that might be the one that open the floodgates i doubt it but i'm still willing to try them so we'll see but no i agree with you i do know that they do have a lot of depth and yeah yeah. there's a ton of strategy to those um those games even like with the simplest of rules like you just move one thing over and you know whatever you know kind of game you're playing but like it's super simple like you can teach it in two minutes but take you forever to yeah get good at it yep or me at least <laughs> maybe um, if, infinity time if aaron is here along with saying abstracts i think he would say clans of caledonia because the one time we were playing it he even made a c- couple comments during the game he's like wow there really is a lot of decisions to make in this yeah and there is but so there's a few i wanted to mention i'll talk about the one i think has the most depth i think hidden movement games that has the depth in the sense of the players themselves you got the person moving around and then also the people hunting them you know it's well what what is what would tim do you know that has a lot of depth to it getting into your head you know that's it's a lot in there rattling around so i would disagree there's not a lot rattling around (laughs) (laughs) but i i'm with you on that tim there really isn't i think it's just it's more just the tension that those games build i do you know so say a game like specter ops i do feel like there is quite a bit of depth there i don't feel like i've explored everything on it but um yeah sure i'm not saying it's like tons of i'm just saying like player depth it's kind of a weird it is very weird yeah because i want to as soon as you said it, I wanted to disagree with you. And then as I think of it, it's like, I still disagree, but not like a hard... Not as much as I want to. As, full, much as much as you want to. Yeah, can't be I full wanna, force in your disagreement. I want to disagree more, but I just can't... Because you think of that player more. and how he thinks and where he might move. And uh, it's just kind of a weird thought that popped into my head. Well, I'll let you finish, and then I got a weird thought. That's really all I got. Oh, that's it. Okay. So... Not, I mean, I got more This stuff, is the weird thought section here. I got more game stuff, but you can... You want me to go into my weird thought? Yeah. For as far as depth, I would say something like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Where, I mean, so that's a different, there's not, you know, as far as mechanic, mechanically, I mean, you move, you roll, see if you hit, and then you roll to damage. If you're talking about combat. Well, I mean, just that's pretty much the mechanics of the game. The rest of it is all in your head. It is and it isn't. It depends on who your DM is and his style because some DMs will just be like, do whatever you want, kind of free for all open. The other ones are very stingent on the rules mm-hmm. where that it is tons of rule. I mean, there's like 200 pages. Of, well, yeah. 
but rules. I think. Yeah, I know, and, I know and what there, you mean. There's though. a lot it, of exceptions. It can definitely for it, be. But I do feel like it's it does have a lot of depth. I mean, there's a ton of story. Obviously, that's going to add to it. But yeah. you know, as you're going through it and trying to figure out what stuff's happening or whatever, and yeah. Anyways, that was my one. No, I'd agree with that. One oddity. Probably as you guys didn't mention was Concordia. I think that game has a lot of depth. Oh yeah. Especially how yeah. simple that is. You know, there's a lot of interesting decisions within the game. So the game, Tim, this is gonna really pain you. Okay. So the game for me that has the most most depth, and this is by basically a ratio, I go by the most depth for how complex the game is. You know what I mean? I feel like the game is not very complex at all, but has a lot of depth. Okay. And that is Hansa Teutonic. <laughs> so it's... I, I think can, he's about ready to uh, turn off both of our mics and uh, walk out here. Yeah. yeah um, just... I could, you know, teach a game in 10 minutes. Super easy to understand, but there's a lot of depth of strategy with getting in the player's head as to, are they going to bump me here? And then if they bump me there, where can I go? Or... Do I want to go for this and make it known, or do I want to put my markers here, get them bumped, and actually go to a different location? Um, there's just a lot going on there, and I really, I love it. And well, it doesn't take a lot to get into Tim's head with that game. You just look at that box, and yeah, you're already in Tim's head. Yep. So exactly. Do you want me to comment on it? <laughs> you don't need to comment on it. Um, <laughs> And it's one I've been wanting really bad to get back to the table, but Tim always seems to be there. Like, so <laughs> he's I just always at game it. day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do want to play it with like four or five. I, I like it with three as well, but I want to play it with a higher player count. And it's hard when there's seven people, one of them is Tim. There's and... six people. I want to play with five, and one of them's Tim. So like, <laughs> go play a solo game, Tim. Yeah. I can watch TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, the game with, I don't know if you guys, the perfect blend of both complexity and depth. And that's one that you mentioned, Michael. That's Great Western Trail. Okay. Like that has the perfect amount for me where it does have complexity. There is stuff, go a lot going on in the game, but it has tons of depth. Yeah, I think that's the one that has the, the biggest difference. Like the close, close with that is Through the Ages. I, like I said before, is that probably a little bit more depth, but you know, quite a bit more complexity to it. Like both yeah. of those are like those are my one two. Um, I'd probably ask me depending on the day which one like has a better like kind of blend of them. But yeah. So if I if they could just if Sir Alexander could just keep pumping out games right in that <laughs> right in that wheelhouse right in that range yeah. with it's it's a complex game but it's got tons of depth. That's like just a perfect. Because that way, it's a game that's easy to get to the table because the people at the game group can understand it pretty easily, and I can explain it pretty well. Yeah. So. Yeah, Great Great Western Trail is one that you can teach to a lot more people than you can through the ages. Yeah. And it doesn't take nearly as much time, so a lot of factors. Exactly. That you can get that game out a lot easier than through the ages. I love that game, but it's tough to get out sometimes. So I'm. Yeah. Three months I haven't played it, and I've really wanted to, like, kind of thing. So. So what's your perfect smoothie game tim my perfect it so that would depend on the group so uh, you're playing with us okay i'm playing with you well the group the group so on like a typical game day yes right so i think one that i recently picked and i don't talk about it here and there but abyss you know it really 
simple to get into. It looks beautiful. So, but art aside, and I do feel it does have depth to it, even though it's a fairly simple game to teach and learn. You know, say something with my wife, uh, something that I feel that's really simple and it has a lot of depth to it for us was Arcadia Quest. I mean, we blew right through it and it's a just dirt simple system. And, you know, you fight through the campaign. We got into it a little bit, got into building up our characters. So that was Still a, good... a lot going on in the game. Uh, not, or... okay. No, there's but... not much complexity. Okay. You know, you move, you roll dice to attack. Other player moves, okay. roll dice. So complexity-wise, there's not much. It's not really much depth <laughs> for me either. You just kind of move and attack. Yeah, but... You know, we found it fun. We got well, no, engaging. I'm not saying and, it's not know. a fun game. I'm just saying. So that was that was that much depth for me. Well, again, I mean, it's, depth it's, and that's where it means different yeah. to different people, which is interesting. And that's why I said, you know, for you know, my wife and I, yeah, that's a good point for us to yeah, play. And that's why I asked, what group am I going to be picking a game for? So, so it, with a group, it's Abyss. Abyss, or you know. Skullville, as long as it's not late in the night. That's a better answer. Skullville. <laughs> You're going to allow that for, answer. The for first me, one, that's a better answer. Your first answer was wrong. That's well, the second I, it, one is correct. It has been that's a while why I kept since, asking. It's been a while since I played both games. I do like them both. But Abyss, there wasn't much decision-making besides just pushing your luck for me. It's just like, oh, do I keep pushing my luck or not? And that was really the only that's the one decisions. But that's not really... It's just kind of like... Yeah, oh, it's, it's part of it, yeah. But... One game for Scoba, me. I think, is a great one. Okay. For... I'm glad you approved that one. I'm just giving my. He's gonna allow that answer. <laughs> uh, one game for me, like for like you know new gamers, that I think you know has some depth into it, but has you know pretty simple rules or kind of that one of the first more in depth games that I you know played uh, was Stone Age, where like pretty you know simple. It's a very it's a you know probably the first um, worker placement game I would teach someone, but. There's still a lot going on. You got to think about which of these spots to go to. You got to manage these resources. So you got a lot to think about with it for such a simple game that's easy to get into. Then, so I really, that's one of the number one games that really got me into gaming was like, oh man, I mean, it's not too tough to figure out where these, you know, what these rules do, but man, there's a lot of thinking involved in some of these board games. This is, like yeah, some that's, of the ones that's a good one. You know, more popular ones that I, you know, played when I was a kid and stuff. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> I like how he proves well, some of our answers, but you know. No, he, Thanks for letting us know when we're he wrong. He proves of you, just okay. half of mine. <laughs> well, if that wraps up our table talk of this week. I think it is. I think everyone's getting tired of me rambling. Yep. I know I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so let's move on to our first review, and that is Crusaders Thy Will Be Done. Crusaders Thy Will Be Done was designed by Seth Jaffe and published by Tasty Minstrel Games. Here you go, Tim. In 2018, it plays two to four players in 45 to 60 minutes. Crusaders Thy Will Be Done is a competitive game in which players play a grandmaster of a militaristic order in the Middle Ages. The game will end after a certain number of influence points have been claimed, depending on the player count. The players finish that round and then complete the end-of-game scoring, and the player with the most is the winner. In Crusaders, players will take turns one at a time, selecting an action wedge in their rondelle. The power of the action depends on the number of tokens in a spot they pick up from, including bonuses. 
The actions include erecting various buildings, mustering troops, traveling, crusading, or gaining influence. Players may instead upgrade an action wedge so that two actions may be taken from it instead of just a single action. When enough influence has been gobbled up, players will conclude the round and add any endgame influence they might earn and the order with the most is the most influential in all the land. I gotta ask. <laughs> you Tasty you, Minstrel. You have to or you want to? What's the production quality on this one? So These are your boys. <laughs> so I, I've got two games that I like. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so just as a reference, I have the standard base copy. I don't have the deluxe edition. And I like it. I like the art on it. Uh, the box cover, to me, it pops. It looks cool. The kind of night kneeling down with his big sword the little wooden buildings are kind of nice i know the deluxe edition it's plastic buildings and then the player mats are like indented so everything fits nicely on it that's always so nice i love it when they do that (laughs) yeah but even without that i think it's still good quality the player board you're saying the tokens and the kickstarter thing are like dual layered and they actually sit in their little wedge yeah nice you didn't want to spoil us, though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I was too cheap. <laughs> but, yeah, they even with the standard edition, I, I still I still like it. Oh, I yeah. I really like the the cover art for the box. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's excellent. You know, I still I, you know, I like the rest of it, too. But that's like the number one thing that pops for mm-hmm. me is that is that cover. So the first time we played and you start setting up the game, I remember grabbing like the player board, you know, the little, your special order, it's just oh, the wedges. Yep. And it was, it was disgusting almost how, in a good way, but how absurdly thick yeah. everything was. And I was like smacking against my yep. hand. I was like, br- just crushed my finger. Yeah, just, you break your knuckle. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy. I like was a like two by four. You almost yeah, it was, I was impressed. And I know they always have high production quality on their games, but this is just like an like inch of level. The box is just that much bigger just to fit the <laughs> yeah. player aids in there. Yep. Those player aids suck, by the way. But anyway. Oh, the little, they look like a card. Just... The, I mean, the player aids are fine, but the actual information on them is garbage. Yeah, I don't look at those at all. Yeah. Not even. It just tells you what you gain yeah, it influence just, for. So I think the production quality is great. Um, Love the cardboard. Everything's nice. The components are nice. The art's good. Mm-hmm. So like the map. So how does the theme jump out for you guys on this one? I I don't feel like it was I get much of the theme from it. I don't feel like I'm going around attacking these, you know, different probably a, different factions like it's probably a good thing that the theme doesn't Yeah, cuz yeah. I get why they would do that. They'll kind of, you know, make it more abstract. It yeah. felt to me as far as the attacking because I mean, if it was really, you know, the the Saracens and the Prussians, well, they should all be over in particularly they're all spread out like it's just random where they are and that isn't how that really would be so but i get why they would not want to have that you know being the crusades and the yeah you know people's opinions on that kind of thing right um, so i get why they don't do it but i don't feel like i'm a crusader yeah and i think they have you all these different orders and i think the knights templar were really the only ones for the main part and if these other ones some other ones did exist but at the same time yeah so it's not and you're thematic. building a church and like 
I don't know what that does. Muster, you know, gives you one more muster or something Influence like that. But like, some, it doesn't yeah. feel like I'm building a church. Like, right. nah, it's just building B is what I'm doing here, and building B gives me this one extra plus one action. You get a discount on one discount, yeah. hex if you uh, build a castle, but then you get influence if you build a barn there. Yeah, and yep. thematically, like that, that doesn't relate in any way. Right. Yeah, it's it's probably for the best that it isn't very thematic, and I know he does make a mention in the rule book that this. Um, this isn't this abstractly recreates, you know, this isn't a simulation or anything. And if you want more info on the Crusades, you kind of, I think he, okay. Oh, I like, I that. think yeah. he Didn't cites something that you can go to. I can't remember for sure. I'd have to look at it, but I'd... yeah, to like view like more historical stuff on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I would agree with, uh, everything you guys said that I don't really feel like it. I mean, you know, your action wedges, when you pick up your tokens and move them around, it's not like it simulates anything. It would make it, it a much kinda... darker game if it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. yeah be... What kind of sticky index are you looking at here, Tim? Sticky index? Probably just like a sweaty hand. Like, you know, if I drop something, or like, say sometimes when you're playing and you pick up a token, you go to, like, drop the token, but your hand's a little sweaty and it sticks there a little bit. Okay. Just for, like, a split second that it falls off. I would disagree. I would say for me, it's like a, you know, uh, you work with cardboard a lot. You get real dry hands. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, it's like a dry hand where I, I pick up that token and it just falls falls right out of my hand. It doesn't stick it at doesn't, all. It doesn't even remotely. Not even, not even the art? Not no. Even sweaty. Okay. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. Right. So I felt that. No theme for me whatsoever. A wet palm more than you did. <laughs> Which is can be sticky at times. Yeah, but I'm saying like you pick up a token, you go to like drop it, and it's like, oh, it's stuck on my finger, so it didn't fully... Yeah. Get tossed across the table like mm-hmm. I wanted it. Okay. What about you, Michael? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have any idea about the uh, stickiness um, index, but no you, theme. Maybe <laughs> you'll get used to it. Though. Yeah. Don't I you hope listen? Not. Don't you listen to our show? <laughs> I do. He I do. tunes I just... that part right out. <laughs> yeah, I kind of fast forward through that. And, you know. Yeah. Okay. Skip on. thirty seconds yeah. on that. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the gameplay? The gameplay I do like. Depending on the night you get, it tells yeah, it gives you like a <laughs> little we, special. We kind of all agree there's one horrible one. Yeah, there is one really bad player power in the game. So what it is is you get instead of twelve. So typically the setup is you get twelve action hex or twelve tokens. action tokens. Yeah, on your your player wedge. So you get two on each wedge. So the special night that I picked, one of the games, was that you get one on each wedge, but you get like one, you get plus one to like your movement or your crusading or influence. You get plus one to everything. But I found it just, it was so hard to build up to take actions. It was not worth it at all to pick that character. That one seemed just terrible like maybe the beginning of the game you do kind of okay but then you're gonna fall so far yeah, behind once first, someone builds up. first couple turns it was other than that. all it was all i was trying to do was build up my actions try to put as many buildings out there right away as i could to unlock more of those actions to try to get that ball rolling but by the time i got it halfway going ryan ended the game because he was already just i think it was out. a misprint 
We're gonna say I'm gonna say misprint. <laughs> they forgot to put some other special but bonus that you get. It was too late, and then they couldn't undo it. Yeah. Like, so is that <laughs> is that the biggest negative? Maybe to production quality is just is that, that one night. I'm gonna just say that's a misprint because it's such a bad power. But like, I would like to see like if someone could actually you know, win with that. Like I can't. My brain right now I can't the, picture that the happening. Only I, time is if someone first play I'm playing against someone who hasn't played the game before and they play it really poorly I might have a chance yeah like you're handicapping yourself yeah mm-hmm. but like some of the other ones one that I played that was pretty cool was instead of going clockwise you can go counterclockwise okay, when you move your ones, disc yeah. another one you can drop off instead of just dropping one action cube on each wedge you can drop like two on one of them so there's a, I can't remember how many are in the game, but there's a bunch of them in the game. They all do different stuff, but, um, so I like that picking up. So if I got three cubes on movement, when I pick up from that movement, I'm going to do three movement on the board. Plus any bonuses that you yep. might have. Plus any bonuses. So you're building that engine as well. So the different types of buildings you build on the board they're going to give you bonuses to help you when you take later actions. So maybe you've got like plus three to muster. So you can muster faster and that unlocks more abilities to crusade. You're kind of getting into this little war party behind you, whatever the thematic quote unquote part is. Um, But yeah, it's, I like that a lot. I mentioned earlier that I like games that have that build that that engine building where you start from almost nothing and you're just slowly getting that ball moving you know one thing is every action you do in this game it's going to get you points except for movement but at some point in the game instead of taking action uh, taking an action on your turn you can upgrade a wedge so a lot of times i'd have to look at it again but i think one of them was crusade and muster or not it was uh crusade move so if you had four on movement and crusade on that wedge, you could maybe move one and then crusade on the same action. Yeah, so vice versa, yeah. So it wasn't yeah. like you were just moving. Eventually, you could upgrade it and you could do, you know, it's bigger and better things. Favorite parts of the game is that it, figuring out when you want to upgrade those. Like maybe this is a time like I don't really want to do any of these actions, so now I'll upgrade it. That way, I don't have to be as precise with like, all right, I need to get my muster and you know and my you know so i can you know crusade with this many like well now i got this extra you know even even the influence i'll just get a few more you know points then when i do this action because i've got my you know muster up so high and i don't need all this i think one of some of the best nights are the ones that let you upgrade wedges from the start of the game yeah because it seems really useful upgrading wedges may seem like a it is a little bit you're not doing anything to get points then but it helps you in the long run and also you can then if you're kind of clogged up on some of your tokens you can pick a wedge and just drop them off like you normally would so that helps you free up yeah, like say you don't take you a don't turn really to free yourself up but you got a bunch on there that way yeah you can free that one up so that yeah. all right now i can muster and i can you know crusade and do these different things that i wasn't gonna do anything here anyways it's picking that right time to do it and it's a tough decision you know which one to upgrade i always found it was a tough decision yeah. Um, as far as which one to do first, you know, which one to do second. My biggest thing was always trying to figure out, like, the timing of one to upgrade. Yep. Because it felt like, okay, everything I do gets me points. 
but if I take a turn to just upgrade, I'm not going to gain points, but yes, it's going to help you in the long run. So it's kind of that thing you got to kind of weigh and try to you try to time it out. Yeah, I would usually, I'd, if I got a knight that let me upgrade, I would do that. If I got none, I would upgrade one or two wedges, and it was usually just always a travel wedge. So then you could combo that with... Yeah, yeah. I, I've never. I always because you don't like, typically travel that far anyway. Exactly. So. I've never felt like like I need much travel. So like those would be ones I would try to upgrade a lot too, or yeah. you know, upgrade. I don't know which one like that you flip over and adds travel to it, but like maybe flip it on over that way I can you know move one and then do this action so you're not just being a f- more efficient with it. I yeah. Guess. Yeah, the upgrading wedges is one of the the pros I have for the game. The um, the rondelle is fun, and it's interesting to set up yourself for future turns and yeah. whatnot. We, I know we talked about this before, but with the difference between that and Trajan, like this I feel is a lot easier because it's just one where you, you, you pick just, it up You from. just so pick up. And, real simple. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I had less times where like, oh, I screwed that up like I did in Trajan. Like I felt like I messed up. Like, oh, I didn't count that out right because now I'm adding another one. This, like... Well, maybe I, I well I could have done that one turn earlier, I guess, but it just has one extra, so I'm yeah. Oh, yes. I, like I just need the the plus one can, now. I can still do it to do my build, so I'll pick up this one, do that action, and then it'll give me my. The one thing extra that I token. would mess up sometimes is that I was forget about on my board the extra. Oh, the, the bonuses money, that you unlock. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I would forget to use. It. I was like, oh, I yeah. didn't because I was like, all right, this turn I want to do this, but I can't, so I'm gonna do this other movement and. Oh, now I have this extra cube, but I actually didn't have to do it because I forgot about you my forgot, plus one. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but that's just me being dumb. I, I'd forget about those every game. once in a while too. Yeah, that I think it's happened to everyone. I think it's very easy to learn and play, but still gives you some nice decisions to make in the game too. Like that's another good thing about it. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to like you're putting like some thought into your turns and that. And you're you're playing. You're not just doing this one turn. You're planning like all right. What order do I do this? I've got like three things I want to do. You're planning a few turns ahead. I always like that when it's not just that turn; it's also the next turn or the turn after that you're you're planning for. And yep. Like, you also it it doesn't have a lot of interaction, but you do have to look at where other people are and where they might go. Um, yep. For some of those, that's so another just add, it's not a big part of it because yeah, it's very minimal. But yeah. this might not surprise you, but Marv, he was good at uh, letting people crusade. And then he would run in and start building buildings. Okay, I, I didn't play where that ever happened. I didn't play with Marv, so it makes sense. Yeah, like I was wondering. He would if... almost just follow somebody, and like they would crusade, take out the enemy, and then his next turn he would move and build move right and there. Build. Smart man. <laughs> you know, and again, that wasn't because there's not that much interaction in the game, and even that, it didn't feel like it was, like, detrimental. It didn't feel like it hurt that much because. It's kind of a, you know, late in the game, as those enemies get harder to fight, they, you know, they're going to score you, you know, if they're like seven to beat, they're going to score you that many victory points. So you're getting a lot of points. So you're getting a lot of points. You're not getting a building out there, which might be, you know, one to three you points. built up the, the, building. Well, the last building. The last building, right. The last, the fourth building you build, the end game. That's where it would hurt more. Right. Is that the last one, if you now you can't get to it. Yeah. yeah. Or you needed that minus two to build or something to get that last one out that, there that adds something to it like but you can you can do something about that you can see like all right well he's yeah. got you know this movement he's got a crusade so like 
So you got to look at who can go in and do that. So mm-hmm. that kind of interaction, I feel, is like there's something you can do about it. You know? Yeah, so there's it's not a, just like yeah. he's just you know ratting and and doing that just to be mean. It's like well. <laughs> You can still plan for this. You know, there's stuff you can do. He's trying his best. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to. I don't know. But it felt like I'm pretty sure because he made a comment like, yeah, I'll just let you guys crusade. Yeah. Do you guys have any cons to the game? My the one con that I can think of and Michael kind of mentioned it. And that's just kind of being dumb is um, forgetting sometimes what specials you have unlocked or what uh, bonuses you have unlocked. Uh, so I don't want to say it's fiddly in that aspect, but maybe it's just towards, towards the end of the game, you just have a lot more information to kind of keep track of. That's not just on your wedges. You got to really yeah. keep a tra- keep track of what's you on keep your track board. Of it in different spots sometimes. It, right. Tough for that reason versus like, it's, it's not clear how many you can, can yeah, it's, it's hard to remember to like, Oh, I, built this level two building i gotta remember to take two points yeah and that's come up a few times you just gotta remember everything you do you're gonna gain influence for the most part yeah Yeah. just remember yeah you gotta take your points when you do stuff michael yeah that was that was one for me um you know i i almost kind of like we're in trajan like you got to plan a little bit more with that rondell like I, th- I just kind of like that a little bit more. Yeah, this is definitely the lighter of the two, like by, by far. Yeah, it's just easily. Uh, yeah, lighter. it's it's definitely a good game. It's just a little bit lighter than you know my probably would prefer mm-hmm. for this type of game. You know, first few plays, you know, I enjoy the game and everything, and you know, especially for those first few plays. But I feel like after after a few more, it might get a little older for me just for that reason. It's not I'm in the same boat after playing depth. it a few times. It's kind of like, well, I kind of explore, you know, there's nothing new decisions for me to make. Yeah. And like the different factions, like, well, the, the two different factions, they're, so, s- whether they, they're so similar. No it doesn't like, it's just the yeah. color of that particular token. Yeah. So like, you don't, yeah, there's no difference to me there. Like it would be nice if, they had a third, so the three different kinds. If the those two, there's it was it the Prussians and the that are similar Slavs, with I think Slavs. Okay, yeah, that's right. So if those they made some more of a difference with those, but yeah, that is what it is. I gotta say, you guys are good. I had this, I had it right here. How do you guys feel about replayability? You guys, I didn't even oh, have to ask it. it. You guys just nailed it. Replayability. It. I think after a few plays, it definitely drops i don't think it's a too replayable game uh, while it is fun to play there's nothing new that you're going to be exploring yeah basically and kind of along those lines it is it plays fast so i think that helps it too yeah that you know if it was any longer i could see it really taking a hit and getting really stale um but even though even a game that plays fast, if you feel like you can, if it feels like you're doing the same thing, at least it plays fast. I guess what I'm just trying to say. That's so one of my pros to it is like that race to yep. victory points for game end. You know, it's that tension of do I got two turns? Do I got three turns? You know, yeah, I like that. that. Was, yeah, you're never that quite sure. Kind of Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, some cons for me is the influence action isn't. I know it gets you points, but it's not fun at all to do compared to those other things. Other ones you're taking out an enemy you're building a building you know it the influence is just well just 
get that many points. I didn't and like that's that. It. it was like maybe I should do this, but I didn't like it, so I would wait till it's like way. Up. I'd get like seven or eight yeah. on there because I just didn't want to yeah. do the influence action. Yeah, I, I wish that was spiced up a little bit. I, I don't know. The only part I like doing it is when you did another action and then you also got some influence when you upgraded. But yeah, just the regular old influence tile. Like I was like, that's eh, boring. I don't want to do that. I want. Yep, I want something same. more to like. Maybe it'll help me, but. I'm going to hurt myself and not do it because I don't feel like it. Yeah. It's not fun to me. I don't think there's really any much for varying strategies. It's not really a surprise given the weight of the game. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about that with replayability and whatnot. Yeah. Like the setup, you do put those wedges in a different spot every time, but that being said, like it's not that tough to get from one to the next, I don't think. So the setup, I don't think, is going to change a whole lot yeah. what you do. It's more like, you know, say what buildings you build that's going to influence that more than. Yeah, that's a the, little bit with the wedges, but yeah, that's the biggest thing that would create the different strategies. Just what buildings you're gonna build because they give you bonuses. Yeah, yeah. You know, if Ryan builds all castles, he's gonna have more movement and unlock other knights. If I go building all the barns, I'm gonna have more of a muster. You know, so that it there's a little bit gonna, there. There's a on little what buildings you right. build. So you do a different really strategy that strategy. way. Yeah. I wish the setup itself kind of push you to do one thing more than the other yeah i guess so i think for me a good expansion could really up the gameplay and maybe give some more decision making space in the game giving the longevity to the game like where you keep yeah to come back a little more bring some new decisions interesting decisions into it maybe get rid of the influence action or change that up uh, maybe another mechanic to the game or something just give me a little bit just a little bit more yeah, crunch on. It, yeah, I yeah, like I like the game. It's just a little bit, a little bit lacking. And that's something they could easily do because it's wedges. It's not like it's pre-printed mm-hmm. on the player mm-hmm. boards. Exactly. So they could yeah. easily come out with an expansion with like two or three different wedges that you could shuffle in and then yeah, or just take influence out, and that's a new action you can take. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have no idea what they would do. But it'd be as far as easy. different, but yeah, it would be. Yeah. I'm bad at thinking about that. I'm not a game designer. It's not thematic, so. anyways. So right. really, could add in whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. You could. I'm not gonna say it. Just even another track or something like that, or yeah, not, yeah. We're not the tracks. We like tracks. Yeah. yeah, if they had a track. Similar to the buildings, how the buildings give you a little different strategy, something like that, where it gives you mm-hmm. a little. So, what would you guys say for your final ratings? If you're ready for that, um, I gave it a seven. So yeah, you know, a game like if somebody picks it, I'll I'll play it. I would it would be one I'd want to play maybe. You know, once once or twice a year um, would be you know, that. Otherwise, I think I'd it'd get too stale for me too quickly. But as long as you know, it's not overplayed, I you know, enjoy playing. I'm probably not gonna pick it, but mm-hmm. I would I would play. I wouldn't uh, honorably bow out. <laughs> but. Tim, I had it right around like an eight and a half, eight somewhere in that range. Uh-huh. I had a good time with it. I could see where, you know, the more I play it, like if say if I taught my wife how to play and we played another 10 times, I could see where it could hurt then, but I'm not quite at that point yet. Yeah. So my rating right now, I would say it's, it's right in there. Yeah. Cause my, the, I've played, I think it's three times I've played it and I feel like I'm at the point where I kind of maxed my enjoyment. So I probably enjoyed a little bit more those first three plays but i feel like i maxed out yeah and i'm at the point where it's mm. it kind of dropped for me now if you yeah. ask me 
three quarters of the way through that third game, I would have said, you know, probably a seven and a half, you know, maybe an eight. But I was like, all right, I don't think I'm going to get a whole lot more out of this game. So it dropped then after oh, okay. that. I'm kind of in agreement with that analogy. I mean, I think I would, right now I'd give it like a 7.5. I want to say eight, but I know um, there's just something missing for me. Like I think an expansion with a couple things added could really liven it up. Maybe give it some longevity because if I played it a couple more times, I could see it going to seven or dropping a little bit more. Just because <laughs> I do like the game. Like the first couple times I played it, I really enjoyed it. You know, so I'm giving it a seven and a half. But that's more towards the first couple times I played it type of thing. All right. So, All yeah. right. Well, if that concludes our review of Crusaders, let's move on to our second review, and that is Viticulture. Viticulture Essential Edition was designed by Jamie Stegmeyer, Alan Stone, and Morton Monrad Peterson and published by Stonemeyer Games in 2015. It plays one of six players in 45 to 90 minutes. Viticulture is a competitive worker placement game where players run a vineyard to become the most successful winery in Tuscany. When someone reaches 20 points, the year will continue to completion and the player with the most points at the end of that year will win the game. A game year consists of players choosing turn order in spring, possibly giving them some bonuses. In summer, players take one action in turn order continuously until they all pass to fall, where they will draw one visitor card who will give them special abilities and bonuses to take advantage of. In winter, players will once again take actions in turn order until all players have passed for the year. Players will be building structures that benefit their winery, as well as planting vines, harvesting fields, making wine, and filling orders. The player that is the fastest to score 20 points and end the year with the most points will have the most prestigious winery in all of Tuscany to gloat over their fellow competitors at the local cafe. So what do you guys think about the production quality in Viticulture Essential Edition? I feel it's excellent. My only negative is the coins. So I have just the cardboard coins. And then you have the really nice metal coins. Well, the cardboard coins are fine. They're fine, but... When I play your copy and I play with the metal coins, it's like I have coin envy. Well, the coins are some of like the ni- those metal ones are some of like the nicest coins. I know. In any game. Nice, I know. Yeah, I, I can't think you of know. a game that has better coins. So that's why those. it's that's why it's a negative because I know there's an upgrade out there that I could get. If you okay. weren't aware of them, if I wasn't they'd be aware fine. of them, they'd be fine. Yep. But because Ryan ruined it for me, got the beautiful it's coins. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and the only reason why I say that is because I. I like the art. I like the even the visitors. They look goofy as all get out, but they're funny to look at, and they're you know it's good art. And I think the art really fits with the theme it does. well. Like yeah. the more subdued, it does. like and you know kind of get the feeling. Like, all right, so I'm relaxing out in this veranda, you know, with a glass of wine, watching the sunset, kind of thing. Like yeah, because one that we were chuckling about it was like the wine enthusiast. And he's like passed out with a bottle in his hand and like a pile of hay. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> just like just yeah. goofy, just kind of like wine. like yeah. little subtle like funny things in there. Uh, you know, I like the look of the board. The your worker meeples, they're they're good. Good player yeah. colors, thick player those, boards. Yep, that's always yep, yeah always good. And I like those little uh, those clear. All those little the beads, the wine yeah, tokens, the, whatever yep. those are, those are pretty yeah, neat. Yeah, those clear plastic. You put them over your yeah. grapes or wine, and you can kind of, yeah. Those are cool. Like those are a lot. 
Mm. Yeah, I think the components and art are typical Stonemeyer games. They're really good. And the only negative I have are the actual fields, those cards that you put. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, sure. It's a little weird. Like, the, they don't doesn't seem like they fit for like. In fact, yeah. you have to flip them over, and it's like half on, and like that. See, what I think would be a better odd. idea is if he had the player board cut. Yep. So you slide the card. Yeah. I don't yeah, know they why they it. didn't do that. I don't know. It seems like it'd be. Yeah, and Just especially fix that. the Tuscany expansion I got comes with those fields as cardboard things. It actually fits on the player board better with the cards. That's why I use the cards because the cardboard oh, yeah. kind of flops, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Where I think if it was cut out and you have those cardboard, that'd be perfect. Yeah, you wouldn't have flopping over the edge. Yeah, it just slides right into the. Yeah. yeah. Get on that Stonemaier game. Don't tell me I'm the only one that thought of that because <laughs> that'd be scary. I, like, then, I guess I didn't think of a wasn't yeah. trying to think of a solution. But that's the so, one thing but... that always annoys me in the game. Yeah, it's annoying. And I think Yeah, I, I would agree. But other than that, great production. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All around. Did so you guys it? think I'm onto something? Yeah. You really are. Shark you tank, here I come. Sell them that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Make your first million. Yeah. Uh what did you guys think? How thematic did you feel it was? Okay. So <laughs> I do feel it's thematic, even though there is some weird. There's a few weird little weird things, things like like grapes age. Yeah, you the know? line ages, and that makes sense because yeah. that. But yeah, the grapes aging. Like, why do grapes age? Yeah. So, so there's a couple little things in there. That's my main cut on the theme. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I do I do feel like you know I'm running this vineyard. And, yeah, and you're. Like the different seasons too. Like, all right, now you have you have to plant in this season. You know, the next one, then you can harvest, and like all those. Like, it's a little bit later in the year, so you have to do these things at at that time, and then then you got to sell them, and then you know. So it it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, a few of those minor things, but it's, it's kind of nitpicky. Like, but but as far yeah. as like a worker placement style game, it's it's probably got one of the better themes. And it it comes through. Yeah, I really I, like the theme too. Like that's yeah. well, of course right, you yeah, would I'm, like the I'm wine. I'm a big wine fan. I think so. the art helps a lot <laughs> yeah. for me too with the theme. Obviously, yep. with the actions, you know, you're harvesting your fields, you're building stuff, and you're planting, and you're putting your grapes in your little stuff. crush pads, and yeah, yeah. even the giving the tour thing kind of makes yep. sense yep. in that. So like, mm-hmm. so yeah, like I, yeah, the, the fact of what the theme is like really yeah. helps for me too. Yep. Um, so I'd agree with you, Tim, for the style of game that it is. It's it's very thematic. Yeah. Should we get into gameplay? Now, take note here. We're going to be talking about the Essential Edition. There was the original game, and then a couple years later, the Essential Edition came out, and now the original game had a Tuscany expansion, and then the Essential Edition now has an Essential Tuscany expansion, so it's really convoluted. I tried to watch a couple of videos so I could try to... Because I was like, I can't remember what's what here. Like, So I tried to watch that, and I'm still a little bit confused about what's in the Tuscany, stuff like that. But so, so I we'll, get the game that, Ryan, you have. Yeah. That's Essentials, and I I can you know talk about that one. Yeah. So I know I played the, played the original version of a couple times i think a long time ago yeah, so, but i don't remember it well. so we're going to be talking about both the essential and the tuscany expansion okay so what w- the original essential basically has is it's got those worker spaces in summer fall or sp- spring is just picking your turn order summer is those worker spaces 
fall is just getting a visitor card and winter is some more worker spaces it's just the two like real action you're putting your your yeah meeples out so now what we play with is the uh, almost every time we play is tuscany which has that new player board and you're actually taking actions in all four seasons and there's some other things and whatnot we can get into but so for base essential edition, I think it's a great next step worker placement board game or that style. I like the uh, selecting turn order on the wake up track. I always like that in games like yep. Alchemist and some other stuff like that. I like where I go early in turn order, but I don't get anything. Someone goes later, they get little bonuses. Yeah, that type of stuff. Yeah, I I really like that in this game. It's one of my favorite parts about the game is like deciding right now. Can I go later? Do I want to get these bonuses? How important is it to, for me to go early so that I can do all these things? Do I think somebody's going to be competing with me on it? And yeah, I really like that part. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's it's one of those games that you you start with nothing and you're slowly building that up. I know I keep bringing it up, but it's a game style that I really like, where you've got nothing in your field. You might, depending on your mom and papa, you're going to start with different stuff. And then you're slowly, you know, putting grapes in your field and you can harvest them and then you're aging them. Yes, aging grapes doesn't make sense. But that aside, everything else, you know, it flows really well and then you're completing those orders. There's just so much to this game that I enjoy and that I like. I like the the grande workers that they have in the game. So you typically start off with two regular workers and then a grande worker. So a grande worker, you can put in any worker space, but if it's completely filled up, you can use your grande. You still place them in that action area. So you get to take that action. You don't get a bonus for placing there if, if unless it was available. But it basically, it helps negate some of the being cut off. So yeah. say if I needed to harvest some grapes, everyone else harvest grapes in front of me, I could still put my grande worker out there. And you only have one a year, so you're trying to you know figure out when you're going to use them. And It's a game where it does the right mix of, like you can't just you know ignore what other people are going to do because you might not be able to do things, but it mitigates it enough with that grande worker and you know deciding your turn order. So like, well, you're always going to be doing something, but you've got a plan for it. You can't just not pay attention you might get blocked out of something so there's enough planning where if you plan right though you it's typically not like so bad where like you're getting blocked all the time from doing stuff and not getting frustrated with that it can happen but it's not like it's not happening all the time it's a good mix it allows you to do stuff but not yeah you got that one grande worker where you have that forgiveness in the game where you you know there's going to be an action if you're blocked out you're going to be able to take that so you got to be careful that you don't get blocked out of two spots that you really want to do. Yep. Yeah. You got to. So you, so you got to kind of you know figure out like where, you know, what's important for me to, to make sure that I can do. Where if I get blocked out, you know, in the summer, do I use my grande to do it, or can I like, all right, I'm going to save that for later because I really need to do this. Yeah. That had to be a big plus for you, Tim. Not being blocked. Yeah. Yeah. With the grand, the grande oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I guess I'll mention one of my negatives, and it's on the Tuscany board. And this might sound weird because I love area control games, but the area control portion of the Tuscany board just felt weird for the game. 
I wish there was a side of the board that didn't have that little part. Yeah, on if it, it would give you an option sides to do. not. The other side doesn't have the orange cards, which are different special buildings yep. you can make. And I like those. I like those. Yep. I, I, I can take or leave that. I would rather play without that area control part. Yeah, I'm it fine with it. It feels out of the spirit of the game. But yeah, it just. I don't mind you know. like the bonus you get for yeah, that. Yeah, I like, like the I bonus a, stuff. Like, where you could basically like, do that, where you get a bonus. And you could choose, you know, got to decide which bonus you yep. want to choose, but without the area control, it doesn't, yeah, like you say, it doesn't fit with the game. Yeah, and then a lot of times that ends up determining when people are close and near the end of the game, someone's moving stuff around. Like, well, do I move here? And then you don't, you don't necessarily make someone win, but it, it can really determine the outcome. Yeah, a lot of times yeah, because it basically what that is is like at the end of the game, you know, you get the one when you first place your star out, you get the one bonus, and then at the end of the game. Whoever has the most stars on there gets either one, one or, or two, two points, points for every but region. But this game is close. I think the last time we played, the three of us tied. tied. Yep. So like that matters. Like yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. what was it Sam that was deciding where to go between you between and... where I was and where you were. I th- no, think it or... was. I think it was you and someone else looked like we we're going to be tied. I still had an action left, so you didn't know what I was going to do. So he was almost at the point where he's deciding who's. You're know, gonna win this yeah. game, yeah. Not so. So I, I, Aaron, I, would, I think you were tired. Yeah, I'd rather do without that. Yeah, I, it's. I like you said. I like the bonus part of it, but it just it's out of the. It just doesn't fit. Yeah, everything else that it adds, though, you know, the extra season where, you know, spring. Yeah, you select your starting position. Every all four seasons with Tuscany, you're doing actions. But yeah, you got actions in each. It helps break that up. Yeah, I would never ever want to play without. Yeah, Ever. yeah, I can't imagine playing without that anymore. The the extra buildings you get a little sideboard. You can you can build two buildings, so it gives you kind of a little special. You know, maybe you harvest grapes better or whatever the case is. You can place a worker there to maybe score more points. I I can't remember them all, but there's a ton of different buildings you can put there. And then I don't know if you guys played with it, but we played with the uh, specialized workers. So. I've not played that. I think one of them, if I remember right, it was like a traveler. So say if you're in winter or even fall, you can place your traveler back a season and take an action at a previous season. So you can kind of time out when you're going to do things Okay, to so take a later action. Yeah, and I think you pick one specialized worker that there'll be each game one or two and then they yeah, just cost an extra coin i yep. think so when you just recruit, do little bonuses yep. for you and then the other one we had was when you place on a bonus spot or when you place on a empty spot that doesn't give you a bonus you could take that action twice so for instance if you're gonna do the harvest action and you place on an empty spot you can do two harvest actions instead okay. of just the one and there's a whole stack of specialized workers that i haven't even seen yet so we just started okay. playing recently with those yeah there's close to eight to ten somewhere in there i think of yep. the workers so that that can really help mix things up too if you ever get to the point where you feel like maybe it's a little stale it it gives you options to get specialized workers that will change how the game's played a little bit I like the bonus action spots on the worker placement thing, where if you 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 take an action, then you might get to play plant two vines instead of one, or you might get a couple of coins, yep. or a discount on building things. Yeah, like and they're that. all little things. 
Well, they, they're little, but, but they can be they huge. Can, like yeah. if you get to play two visitor pretty... cards, that's huge. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. That one's very powerful. I, um, I so I like you know the planning. You know, f- during the round, like you're thinking like, all right, what am I gonna do this turn? Like, I want to do these three things for sure. And I have four workers. Where do I want to go with that extra worker? You know, when should I you know plan to use your grande worker based on your order? So like. Mm. It, I really like the round around planning that you're doing every time because that's when I kind of plan what I yeah, what I'm like, trying to do is like what's what's the fourth action that I'd like to do yep which of these things is gonna and I got five I got five workers what five actions do I want to take you know yep so like this I want to sell this wine so I need to do this and this I also got to save one for selling the wine what's gonna set me up for the next round yeah and and doing that you don't always get to you know. That one's the least priority for you, but you can always there's always something that you can you can do. Mm-hmm. I like that you have you have your workers. Let's say you got five workers. You have your whole year to spend those use those workers, but each you know you use a worker in spring, you're not getting them back in summer, fall, winter. You're yeah. gonna wait till next year to get them all back again. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Where someone might take a bunch of workers. someone might take a bunch of actions in summer and then not do anything in winter. You yep. know how that how that works. I think the tension, I know this is something, Tim, that you probably really love, too, is the tension in the race to victory points, like wondering when the game's going to end, you yeah. know, how close is that yeah. person? Has he got this order that's going to tip him to the, the victory points? Yeah, he's going to be able to get that back because that last game we played, like, I was trying to count out the points because, you know, do you guys have, like, a, like if I can play this card and I thought I was going to be able to, like, is that going to be enough to do it? I didn't know if, like, one of you yeah. had another you know, wine order you could place or could sell something like that tension at the end of the game really, yeah. really ramps up. I think the biggest tension in that is when you're like at 23 points and you got to get to 25 and you have like a wine order that's worth seven, but you're like one action away from filling that and it would have won you the game, but then someone, someone else just finished it. 20, yeah. 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 yeah that's when it's the, like, oh. the bonus <laughs> one where they get, they get to the spot where they can get one extra point and that's the one that gets them to 25 and the game's over. Yeah. Do you guys have any more pros, or do you want to get into some cons if you have any? Uh, I hit my one con already, so I guess I'll let you guys. It's one one con that that I have is you can use a strategy where you're not doing any wine. Oh yeah, yeah. without the, that, yeah. like it's not that it's easy to do. It's not that that's overpowered to to do that, but you can certainly win that way by you know going to the spots where you're flipping properties or the you know, that extra you know, bonus point for, uh, I think, in the summer where you can do something or those a lot of the cards. Yeah, a lot of the visitor cards are very powerful. Yeah, so you can get a bunch of points. I wish, like, I don't mind that, you know, you can get other points that way. It's just you can totally ignore the wine. I wish you had to at least do some with the wine yet. Um, I never go that strategy just because I want to make wine, so I'd, right. it wouldn't be as enjoyable to me to, to go that route. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, that was one of the things I had is winning by filling no wine orders. It well, okay, that's a different strategy you can go after, but in this game it bugs me because it just feels out of the spirit of the game. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. It makes it detracts from the theme. You know, just yeah. like the grapes aging or that area control part of the map. It just doesn't fit. In, just, in most games, that's not a problem for me. Like, no. These very different strategies, that's a very different strategy. But for, yeah, just because of the theme is why that doesn't work in this particular game. Yeah. And for me, that's the visitor cards are a pro and a con. Um, you can be very luck driven on what visitors you get. 
just winning by just playing tons of visitor cards just it, i don't know i just i don't I like using cheap. those using them i, yeah. I think it's good but like just but that yeah it's... i love all the different abilities that they have and generally they have multiple things you can do where they're good for you whether you get them early or late game because it's like they have different things that you can do on them i think the early game is very scripted where everyone's getting a worker getting a worker i don't like that i wish you could win with less workers you really need all your workers or maybe you can go without you need to get a couple more yeah, yeah I, I don't like that at all i mean a lot of worker placements are that way but ones that aren't i appreciate them where you know you don't need all your work like zulking you don't need your workers to win that game you can win with just your three workers you know you don't have to well i got to save enough money and uh, action to get another worker this year and my second year and my third year I don't. Yeah, I don't like, like that. Ninety percent of the ever. time, like I, I'm saving my grande worker if I'm going later because I know I got to get that extra worker early. Otherwise, I'm digging myself in too deep a yeah. hole. that's something that really bugs me. I think base essential edition could definitely get stale after a while. Was yeah. So I would never go back after playing that expansion. I would never go back to you're, even teaching you're someone tux, new. Tuscany guy. Yeah. Even after teaching somebody new, I would never go back to mm. the base game. Just so much better. Yeah, it's it not was like it's good, that much more. It was difficult. a good game right. when I had yeah, played those couple plays without that, but just mm-hmm. with it is just it really. It, that's what you know it, that clinches the game for me, um, and that's so I, I agree. You, you have those four seasons, and there's so many extra actions. The one where you trade in, you do the trades. It is a way to get victory points, but the nice thing is, is that luck of the draw is minimized. Because some games I would get just these crappy wine orders that don't work at all for me. I can't even draw cards that I can, you know, you can do stuff for. Mm-hmm. So then you can just trade in, lose a victory point to draw two wine order cards or whatever you need at the or time. Or trade two green cards for two purple cards exactly. or whatever. It you helps know. you. So yeah, say you need different vines. You need, you know, it helps with that where the randomness of the it's game. It's better if you, you get the cards you need right away, but there's, you know, there's still action, you know, things yeah. you can do to, and that's help, that's what so, that's so the, the best things that Tuscany added for me was obviously four seasons with more actions. Yep. Uh, so that trading spot to mitigate the randomness, as well as you can just sell, or if your wine orders don't work out, you can go for that, or you can just sell wine and get victory points. Where in the base yeah. you couldn't, you yeah. just were stuck with it. Yeah. So, so you get it's not you know it's better if you can fill the order, but if you don't, you're not like oh all this wine is. Yep. I hate I don't wine have going a, to waste. I don't have I an order that I can buy this so that they can drink it. You don't want to waste <laughs> wine. <laughs> so that's all I really have for my cons. I know that's a lot. Tim, it probably hurt you to hear that I had more than one, but I was surprised. I you were really just going for my heart there. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys give for ratings on Viticulture Essential Edition, and then what do you give on it with uh, Tuscany? I would say no. We haven't played like so. I have the original Tuscany, which adds like pasta, and we we haven't cheese. played with that. There's a cheese one. I've yeah. never played that. I might try it at some point. Probably not. Yeah, let's try the but cheese one. The cheese one I didn't mind. I thought might be okay. Like, yeah, I didn't look into it a whole lot though. So, but we'll we're gonna rate it on the viticulture essential. itself or now essential, and then essential Tuscany. So we're gonna give okay. two different ratings. My rating for just base viticulture essential edition. I would put right at like an 8, 8.5, somewhere in that range-ish. If I was to rate 
Viticulture Tuscany Essential Edition, I would put it real close to a 10. My negative of it is that, you know, mentioned it earlier, that um, the area control portion of it, I don't hate it. It just doesn't feel like it fits the rest of the game. So I can look past it and I can still enjoy the game a lot, even with that in there. Basically, just stops you if I had it at a 10, basically, would you say? No, I'd still put it there because I okay. everything else in the game I love. I love that race to victory points. Yeah. I love the engine building where you're starting small and you're slowly building up. And the worker placement where you got that grande worker so you're not fully cut out of everything. You still have a chance at taking an action even if you're late in the turn order. I like the turn order selection, so when you pass, you get first choice of this whole row of specials that you can take. So, like, say if you went in the last row, you get an extra worker that season and some cards, but then the next season you have to go in the first slot, which gives you no extra bonuses. So you get an extra worker that but, turn before. So but then you can get some of those bonuses when you're placing your worker, too. So like, right. So it's a matter of, you know... When do you want to do that? Right. I love that. So there's a lot of strategy going into it, and it's the Tuscany Essential Viticulture, whatever you want to call it, it's real close to one of my favorite games. Okay. Cool. If not, one yeah. of my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's right in there. Okay. Yeah, I would say if I had never played the, the Tuscany... I'd probably rate the the central game an eight, but since I have played it, probably put it at a seven. Um, just because I know there's something much better out there that's you know a lot of similarities. Um, and then the the Tuscany version, I have a, a solid nine. On that, really, really like that, and the theme helps for me a lot too. But like the the game is really good too. Like I, so many aspects of it that. You know, I really enjoy, and it feels good when you can, you know, at the very end of the game, you you can do all those things at the end. Like, you plan it out right where you can fill this order, these orders, and yeah. get, just get to the amount of points you need and win by, you know, one point. Because it's, it's usually always pretty close, at least, yeah, there's at least first and second. There's close. at least some people up there that are real close. Yeah, usually we play, you know, four or five players or something, and, yeah. you know, maybe a couple of people are a little bit behind. I've been there, but... Usually there's you know two or three people right at the end that are really close. a lot of tension there at the end, yep. which is really fun. So for me, I think just base, I would give it a seven and a half, seven. I I do enjoy it. I did enjoy it, so I'd give it a seven and a half. I probably liked it a little bit more then, but then once I played Tuscany, you know, I I, I have no desire to go back, even teaching someone new. But I think with Tuscany, I would give it an eight point five. I think. The one thing that now there's tons of great things about the game, and we covered those. The one thing that really bothers me is the scripted feel of the first two, maybe even three, but at least a couple of years for me. Just it, it always feels the same. Uh, the last time we played, the first half of the game, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't having that much fun as I remember Viticulture being. And then the last half of the game, I started ratcheting up that tension for the victory points, and I enjoyed the last half so much more and that's because that scripted feel went away and then it's uh, just a a knife fight to who's gonna sell <laughs> not really yeah. but 
You it know. does like those first runs. I feel like they they go kind of quick enough because everybody's kind of doing the same thing. So it it's not as much time as if that's the way you felt in those later runs because that's usually taken a little bit more because you got to you know a little tougher to yeah, side and in, you so got to get your engine longer. started, you know, and yeah. stuff. But yeah. so that's how it is for me. Um, so I give it a solid eight point five with Tuscany. Yeah, I think this is a great game for somebody that is. Play Ticket to Ride. They play Seven Wonders. They're looking for that Catan. They want to look that next step game. Uh, I think this is a great one because the production quality is awesome. You're going to draw a lot of people in with how nice it looks and the theme of it, and mm-hmm. it's real smooth playing. Yeah. Yep. And so. everything, like, you're always, you feel like you're doing something with each of those actions, and there's enough, you know, a lot of planning, a lot going on there, yep. too. And- so, like, I think a lot of people, like, like if the theme it you know interests you at all, I think that's a really good. It's not super complex either. Like yeah. it's not you know difficult to grasp what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. And I think it's funny because even if you're doing bad, you know you got that theme of oh, I'm running my winery and the stuff makes sense. But people will get viticulture. Oh yeah, I got viticulture because it's suggested so much. Just get Tuscany. And then yeah, so it's like I got viticulture. The person's like, great, and I'll just get Tuscany. Yep. They're like well, well, I got viticulture. No, you don't want to play that. Get Tuscany. Nope. You don't. You you're got viticulture, so much but more. you don't really. You don't, yeah, you have. don't have viticulture. Yeah. Like I so. feel bad for people who can only play the the <laughs> yeah. base. Yeah, you got half the game. It's yeah. like oh, so. So it is pricey then, I guess you could say, if you want to get the full experience. So that's something to look at. But that's what I got for Viticulture, Tim. One of your faves. Yeah, one of my faves. I would say as far as recommending to people, like it's okay if you buy the first one, but be prepared that you're going to need to uh, play just play a few games of it. You're going to need to um, figure out your budget. You yeah. have it budgeted. <laughs> your you know, budget. that you're going to have... You, yeah. Tuscany, it's gonna have to happen. Like if yep. you need to budget, like all right, I, I gotta wait till I get my tax returns to build the buy the full thing. Okay, go buy buy the essential <laughs> one, play it three times, and then when you get your taxes, then you go, know, buy go ahead and buy that Tuscany. Should be your first. You have to do Don't it. pay off your bills. Right, Tuscany. Yeah. yeah. So if that wraps up our review of one of the best games of all time, Viticulture Essential Tuscany, let's move on to our top ten list, and that is our top 10 medium weight games. So Michael, you are sitting in for the second time now. Yep. So how did you put your list together? I want to, I, I got to know. Yeah. So I, a couple things I was looking at one, it, I just kind of have an idea in my head. It's like, well, there's really light games that are, you know, very simple. There's really complex. My thought was like, all right, where do I put the cutoff? So one of the things I look, you know, just how I felt the rules were how you know, difficult. Like I looked at on Board Game Geek, you know, what the ratings, you know, the you know the ratings were for that, and then I kind of had an idea in my mind is like, all right, this is kind of where which kind of game like the heaviest game I thought you know would fit in there, the lightest game. Other thing I did was look at like, well, if I do a top ten heavy games list, like I got to make sure I have. 10 games I like to fit in there. So like, I got to make sure I have enough. So I kind of looked through the list and like I ended up, what I ended up doing then was, wasn't exactly, but for the most part, anywhere between 2.5 and 3.5 on board game geek, kind of like just fit like what I thought the games were. And it got me a proper amount of games and light, medium and heavy. 
Makes sense. The one concern I had out of that whole thing was that you referenced possibly doing a top 10 heavy games with us, so he's assuming... Not on the podcast, just for <laughs> no, my just own... when we make it, he's going to make his own, own personal yeah, I'll, When I'm listening to you guys, I'll uh, you know, okay. do my own. No, that, that's I'm fair. not expecting... Trying to wedge himself yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, so because I realized, like, I think it was a mistake to invite me back a second time, so I... Yeah, the first once, time... Fully twice kind of thing. yeah. Yeah, this is mm. this is the last straw I think right here. But <laughs> this is shame on us this time. Yeah, right. It's, it's your fault. Yeah, I would say you could almost copy and paste. I did a two point six to three point five on the BGG scale. My lightweight game was up to two point five. Um, also, kind of how I feel, but that's generally where they kind of fit for me, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was right there, two point six, three point five, that range, and it just kind of. Made a big list of games that I played within that range, and then just yep. cut them down from there. All right, so my number ten. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it. Tim's getting hungry. He's getting antsy. So we'll wrap this up. Is Hansa Teutonica? Oh God. <laughs> um, I'm always sticking about this one. I'm surprised it's so low. Really? Yeah. I, There's tons of because you just you gush over this game, so I I thought for I sure. think I gush over it more than I typically would just because you hate it so much. So oh. that makes me like it <laughs> just out of spite for Tim <laughs> yeah. is why you talk about uh, it so much. All these games on my list are eight point five or higher. There's a lot of eight point five I had to leave off, and it pained me to do so. So that's this is a doozy know, of the list. Eight point yeah, five. This is a tough one for me too to get down to ten. Like yeah, because there's so many games. I haven't even decided my number 10 game yet right now. (laughs) I literally haven't. There's two games and I'm still (laughs) waiting. I got one more. You know, I got to wait for you two guys to talk and then I'm going to make my final decision. Thinking about this one a lot. Um, I want to get it played more. Tim starts MIA for a little bit, a couple game days. I can get it out. Um, (laughs) It would be great if Tim didn't show up some of these times. But still going to play at your house, though. I I really enjoy it. Um, It's Hansa Teutonica. My number 10, it is a game that Johnny hates. I and, like it already. And I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and it's a game where you're trying to lose reputation and money and all that stuff. And that is the Prodigal's Club. It It's a different style of game just because you're trying to lose your fortune and try to make people hate you and lose an election. So you're just you're trying to get low on all these tracks, and then whichever one you're highest on, that's going to be your your yeah, score. I love that idea. Yeah, and it's just it's a ton of fun. It's been a while since we played it. We definitely need to play it again. Yeah. I've only played it the one time, and like it very easily could make my list, but it, just one play. I, did, I mm-hmm. so many other good games that I it didn't, but I I could see playing that a couple more times. You know, squeaking onto this list. Yeah, yeah, I, uh it's one I really enjoy. It's got one of those gaming turnoffs for me. I just hate that setup. The rest of the rule book is fine. That setup is just dumb. I, I hate that part of the rule book, and it's really frustrating. That's really what has stopped me from picking mm-hmm. it. I don't oh. even want to just deal with it again. Oh, really? Yeah. That's sad. So I'll have to pick it. So and it's not even it like, again. it's not, yeah, it's a medium weight game. It's not that hard, but it's just. You want to play with one module, then you want to play with two modules, and you want to play with all three modules, and if you want to add in the last will game in with it, it's like, and like it, uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's a good game. Needs to get played. Yep. 
and that is from Czech Games Edition, and that is Prodigal's Club. Designed by Vladimir Suchi. All right, so my number 10, I'm going to go with Concordia. Okay. That's my number 10 game. We'll find out later what got knocked What off. just got pushed up. And actually, when I wrote the list, wrote down the numbers, 10 is a different one, and I, I did end up switching here. So I, I don't know what made the decision, just, you know, Somebody asked, are you ready for your order? And then everybody else go first, and now I'm going to make my decision at the end. <laughs> That's kind of what this was like. But it's a really, it's a simple game. You're just, you know, the movement, like you're moving one spot or two, you know, and but it's really fun. You know, getting those resources and, you know, first play I had, I didn't, you know, do much for those cards and realized, oh, it's really important to get those cards um, <laughs> to, to get those points. But it, it's always a lot of fun, you know, seeing what kind of strategy you're going to do and, what you know which of those cards are you going to get and kind of build in from there so i like mm-hmm. it's one of the i don't know if they're really area control but you're moving around the map a lot which i don't always like in games but in this one i really really there's no combat or anything so like which one was this again sorry Concordia. <laughs> <laughs> well i was like looking at my number nine and then trying to you know what i mean trying to remember yeah this i mean there's i can't sit and say like Oh yeah, there's so many that just didn't hit my list. It's like yeah. like yeah. I had 15 games that easily could have made the list, and I had it. You know, I was at 13 for quite a long time, not knowing what to cut down. So there's a lot of them here at the end that are going to be very close. But yeah, that's my number 10 game, Concordia. So my number nine is a game I've only played twice, and I've really enjoyed it. I hope either I end up picking it up or someone else in the group, and that is El Grande. Just a Really solid, streamlined, smooth playing area control game. Um, loved it the first time the three of us and Aaron played at Origins two years ago, and or last year, and then this year we played it with El Grande, El Grande himself. himself. Yeah. Uh, I've never played with the full player count of five, which I hear is even better, the best way to play it. But I really like this one, and the last time I played it too, it just because I I was familiar with it, and it's just a great time, and that is El Grande. Yeah, I I really liked it. The I've only played it the one time. Another one that you know, again, fun game and everything, just the one place. So I I hope you get that or someone else does as well, so that I can play that one mm-hmm. again. So get on that. Yeah, the, I liked it the first time we played. The second time, I don't know if it was because of El Grande, the guy that we played with, but it went up quite a bit for me the second time we played it's i really look forward to playing again for sure yeah it's it's a good one my number nine it is a game that we haven't played in a little while and it was a hot game probably about a year ago or so played it quite a bit and that is scythe uh amazing art amazing components by stonemeyer games and yeah, I I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's a good game. Yeah, I'd say I I really like that game too. I am terrible at it. Like I don't think I've ever you know, come in second mm-hmm. even in that game. I just I don't know. I just every single play, I'm just terrible. Like people are getting like I remember this game, Tim. You won, and I was like, you're about to win. I was like. Man, I am so far away from winning right now <laughs> that it's ridiculous. It's like it's, it always, you know, it ends sooner than I think. Is yeah, a, you know, big part. Of it. Like, yeah. I think I have more time, so I'm trying to like build stuff up more. I need to get into like 
getting those you know those stars or whatever they are a little mm-hmm. earlier yeah um i think this would this isn't on my list i think this it's real close i think it would definitely be on my list if we played it more and i lost more that's the, <laughs> i had a feeling too, you were gonna say we're that. too yeah. bad that's the i'm too bad at this game for you to like it it's yeah. the one like it's gaia project but that's just dumb luck where scythe is the one thing that actually it does decrease my enjoyment is you know it, you poor guy like we talked about yeah. previously you won the yeah, last i feel game bad and for him Tim. like that that up my likeness of the game when you won i was like pumped you know i'm glad i could help you yeah so i i really the gameplay though itself i love your like you like tim you start from nothing but yep. you're upgrading that stuff you get you're boosting your actions you just your resource management yeah you know you can there's the area control in it and there's like that tension That's the one part i don't like is the combat Air control, control is more Cold like War, but the combat is. That's, yeah, it doesn't if, happen. If it had better combat or just no combat, this game would easily be on this mm-hmm. this list, I think, for me. Yeah, and then something you love tracks. It's got those where you got your military track, you're moving up, and then also like the support from the people. It's not the as exciting track. a track because you don't get anything for moving up those tracks. You don't get those little bonuses. I no, like the but you do get a, the bonuses. You get a bonus at the end of the yeah. game of victory points. Yeah. So that, but that helps. Yeah, I I agree though, Ryan. I really wish I didn't suck so much at this game. <laughs> so it would help think, us both. I think we enjoyment. just need to play it more and you're be more self-aware of the games. Hey, this game's yeah. going to be faster than I think. Yeah. Know? It's not that I'm not aware that I'm terrible. It's just that I <laughs> yeah. I am. But yeah, I I'd, I'd like to, f- you know, I don't know what's not clicking as far as getting that strategy right, but you think I haven't played a ton, but you know, 5 6 games and Yeah to do that bad every time is getting <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> so my number nine game, um, it's by, I'm going to get this name wrong. Jacob Frixelius. Uh, it's terraforming Mars. So I, I really enjoyed the, you know, the deck building part of that game. And like, you're going to have, you're going to do something different every game, you know, as far as what cards you get, like what kind of strategy I love, you know, building those cards up and, there's a lot of different things you want to get your plants up or your tar- titanium and just a you know a real fun fun game for me like i enjoyed all the time you know, some, I'm not a huge fan of those Tim, i know you're in the same boat as far as like some of you know asteroid or something that you can't do anything about high five i, I agree <laughs> but that's my, that's probably my biggest complaint okay. too yeah, if those... you could do something to stop that that would move it higher than number nine but still even with that yeah. some of those times like it's really for like i hate that you did that to yeah. me i want to get back at you here but you know it's still like I, the game itself the engine building part of yeah. it is yep is real fun i think uh, i need to look at the insert that i have and that'll motivate it to get played again it's been a little oh, while yeah that and that <laughs> is absolutely crucial to have that because that's yeah that production on the game's garbage yeah those you know having Player those boards. cubes out there like that is yeah it's a million times better with that insert like got that and i was like well we need to play this game now <laughs> i can't actually imagine playing the game without an insert some or sort of some third overlay. party yeah yeah some sort of thing i can't like imagine marv playing without that like how would he ever <laughs> and how get clumsy right. he is like, yeah. like i gotta imagine oh that's how he won he moved his cubes around and, and now he's back, got like, five thousand. Yeah, it's not just is. the Marv thing either. Like 
yeah, it's, it's anybody. So, you know that yeah. the board and the slipperiness of those cubes. That if your leg like, touches uh, the table, it's that cubes are flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you better take a picture. Like, like, well, I had it somewhere around thirteen here, but yeah. I don't know. It could have been nine or nineteen, whatever. <laughs> Let's go nineteen then. Yeah. <laughs> My number eight is one I've talked about quite a bit, and that is Heaven and Ale. The game just feels fresh and different. Uh, it's a tough, challenging game. And I really enjoy it. I typically suck at it, but it's fun. It's satisfying. It's tense. I want to play it quite a few two-player with you, Michael, and I want to get it out with three and four again sometime. Yeah, it's it's especially quick with the the two-player. I like you know more players probably a little bit more, but but yeah, I really really like the game. It's so like that final round when you're going through deciding you know which of those you know purple gold tokens to get is such you know i i want to do these three or four different things like so uh, excruciating decisions to yeah. make um and the, as far as what you do in that last round the tension is just so big on that and the money depending on how you play the money can be just so tight too where yeah you can get really really short on money and that yeah. can really hurt you if you can't do that and just yeah, very unique i like the end of game scoring with that little like um, you're moving you know the resources all together depending on where you're brewmaster was like that's mm-hmm. very unique for me that's the part i like the most just because of how i don't get that you know, i don't get that from any other games there's probably yeah. some out there but just not ones that i've played so it's mm-hmm. real quick too like yep. it's a quick game like it doesn't wear itself out no yeah it's definitely unique with the scoring and yeah. mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff it's been a while since we played it i know we reviewed it last time yeah michael i here. remember that what a terrible episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a good game. I enjoy it. My number eight, it is a game that keeps showing up on my lists. I'm going to find a way to talk about it anytime I can <laughs> because I feel like it's very underrated. Scoville? And that is again? Scoville. Okay. Yes. You just shoehorned it in again, huh? Yeah. Well, it fit. It's true. It fit. I'm not going to force it. But uh, really, if that's on your heavy, it's gonna be on your heavy list too. Yeah. No, it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call your bluff. Here. Remember this. Well, the expansion puts it over on that. Oh, yep, shoehorn. <laughs> no, well, maybe. Stay tuned. But uh, it's just a lot of fun. I love my wife and I play it two player quite a bit. Uh, we had a really good play of it last time. We played it at game day, and um, it's just. Really good. I probably haven't played it in over a year, but I I do like the game. It's yeah. probably something which I could play a little bit more than I yeah, have. It's been probably two three years since I've played it, and yeah. you did pick it recently and yep. tried to get in on it, but I got I got muscled out. Yeah, <laughs> I do really like it. It's kind of similar to having a nail, where it's a unique feeling to yeah. the game. One thing is maybe I'll pick it once you upgrade the coins in it finally. Oh, okay. Yeah, get on that. I'll look into it. But yeah, it's a good game. Solid. Right, so my number eight game is a game by GMT Games. Um, Craig Tim. Vesinque. GMT. Vesinque. I'm not sure, but um, it's a block <laughs> game. It's Triumph and Tragedy. It's a good pick. It's, you can play a two-player. It's basically a three-player game, World War Two. Does um, that really fit in medium? I was, yeah, it does. I was thinking it was heavier. It, no, yeah, it's, it's medium. It was, it was on the high end of my... You know, my medium games, but 
I felt it, it was. Can I mean, be, you can it, disagree. It could be heavy because it's not our typical style that yeah. we've played, but I would, yeah, I'd agree. I'm not. It's, it's probably a, like it's a, a great, three saying I'm, I'm guessing wrong. 3.4 yeah. is my it's guess. My, no, I'm not way. saying you're wrong. Okay. I'm just, All right. if it fit my range, I'm going to be upset that I didn't pick it I can almost it guarantee it's probably, I'm going to say 3.42. It was under 3.5 because that was my, I didn't have any games over that. 3.31. Wow. Damn it! Well, you're gonna have to do Damn an audible it. midway through your. Uh, There's only 130 votes, so yeah, 4.5. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's my change it to a top 11 now. So, because I didn't click on each game, I went through and thought, okay, this game would probably be. Yeah. So when I got to Triumph Tragedy, I thought, yep, that it's gonna but be you can over have it on your heavy th- yeah. list. Then so, so I always go it. heaviest to lightest, and I just went in that section i and i kind of use my own feel as well well i think because you use the app right i think on the actual page i couldn't find where i could just sort out games so i had to go through i I did by the ratings okay Okay. top to bottom so yeah the app lets me just nice and handy yeah that would have helped i would have seen it for sure then but anyways please tell us more about world war ii game um you know you can either be you know, Britain, now the Western powers, I guess, Britain, France, you know, the U.S. comes in later, um, or, you know, the Axis powers, mostly Germany and Russia. Um, you know, each, obviously, because of how World War you know, II was, like, it feels very different for each of them, what you're doing. I really, really like, the, you know, the cards that you have where you're, can you, you know, can you use them for that influence. I really like that part of it. I typically don't like war games a whole lot, but this one I I do kind of the hidden with the blocks. Everything's hidden. You don't know exactly how powerful everything's. You know, are they moving artillery in? Are they moving infantry in? You know, are those, you know, what kind of you know submarines? You know, it, it's it's a really cool game, and I love the you know the industry. The card part of it is a, yeah. The a big the card play for me is what makes this game yeah. stand up and makes me want to keep playing it. Yeah. The, the rest of it, I could whatever that really yeah, the, the war, what like sets where you're it. battling stuff it's fine it's but the card play is what i just have tons of fun mm-hmm. playing yeah it you know it, it's tough to get to play because yeah three players it has to be three players and you know ryan we've played with our, our data a few times in that and then you know tim um but like it's not one really for game day that i really feel i could I could get out because it's it is a long game. It's a lot of set, you know getting those blocks. Yeah, out it's a lot of tough. setup. It's yeah, you gotta you gotta reteach it really every time because we don't play it that much and just the yeah. three of us really know it. Well, so. Some of those those rules with the um, supply lines and stuff you have to go through that every time because it that's yeah. pr- it's kind of confusing with those trade routes and going around Africa yeah. or not. And that's mm-hmm. how you killed me when we played because I was Britain, Britain. Yeah, or the North, right, you know. Yep, and. I wasn't keeping on my trade routes, and you like cut me off, and I lost like half my troops over on the other side of yep. Africa. Interaction that Michael put upon you, <laughs> but it was the area control, so it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so yeah, so that was um, uh, Triumph and Tragedy, my number eight game. Nice. We should probably play it again soon. Just saying, just throwing it out there. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. My number seven is going to be a game that should be hitting Tim's list later on. Um, that is the voyages, the voyages of Marco Polo. Oh yeah, that's right after Hansa Teutonica for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, it's been a little while since I played it. I, I don't know if I played it yet this year or not, but uh, I have. 
I really love this game. Um, I can't wait to play it again. I love the the setup, the strategy, and you might think you're competitive by not uh, by just complete contracts, but you got to move, Tim. You got to do it. I haven't seen it yet, so I... well, you've lost every time. <laughs> it was always close, though. They never won. That's not a surprise ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you to, to win the game. You got to typically, you got to move. It's okay. But I really enjoy it. I like everything about it. And uh, it's The Voyages of Marco Polo. And I can't wait till the second one comes out to see what the similarities and changes are. That one, I, I, I like that game. It missed my list, but it was one of it, one of my honorable mentions. It was close. I really liked the, you know, putting the dice on top. You know, that's that's pretty cool. You know, it costs a little bit more, and you get you do have to, like, you know, with the money, like, and moving. Because yeah. you absolutely it's have tough. to move. I can't imagine someone not moving. That's a terrible strategy. But you know, it it is expensive and it's really it is really tough to move in that game. And you don't have to move always a ton and do well, but Yeah, and that's it's one of those games where you wish there was another round. Yeah, it always, always ends, you're like, like oh, so wait, this similar. is it already? Like it's all I could do. I know like... Tim's going, Phew, that's it, and I'm going, oh, that's it? I, I want more. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like it should be another round, but it, that's part of what, what I yeah. like about it, too, is it doesn't overstay itself as far as what the game is. So. And for me, my strategy is always vary so much with what player power you get and also the setup of the board, what cities you want to get to, because those are so much more efficient in getting you stuff and victory points. Yeah, the, the character for me is the one that so much more changes what I end up doing. That's very big. And then you're also you know looking at the board and where you want to go, yeah. but like... That different the characters are, are fun so powerful. They're so powerful. Yeah. They're fun. You gotta, you have to like tailor your strategy to what player your character you so get. So before Tim falls asleep, that's my number seven: the voyages of Marco Polo. <laughs> my number seven was talked about earlier on Michael's list. Wow! And it is a game. Uh, what? You just doing Michael's list now? <laughs> I I can see what his games are. So just... you can't go for mine, Hansa and no, Marco Polo and what? So. <laughs> you made it pretty hard yeah. for me. <laughs> So, this game, it's one that I like a lot, and there's one big complaint with it, and that's the ratty cards that you can play, like nope. the asteroids, and yeah. like just wiping out someone's this one plants. Barely, this one missed my list. Okay. It's close, like 20 of them are, but... <laughs> so if, one of your top 30 media <laughs> games. If that aspect of the game was different... What's the name of the game? Terraforming Mars. Okay. It would be one of my top games. But I agree, yeah. Because it's so easy to just wipe out someone's plants production and just shoot an asteroid at someone just to blow up a bunch of their stuff. It's like that part hurts it enough where it knocks it down. It just feels out of place. It's annoying. Yeah, it's just ratty. Yeah. There's nothing you could do about it, which I'm fine if there's nothing you can it do about it in the game. It fits with the theme like an asteroid. Like, yeah. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. But I mean, just as far but as the game, just, like, it really sucks. Just so you're much. getting screwed on it, though. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like yeah, my whole strategy is plants, and I get plants are super powerful because putting tiles out on the board that generates you tons of points. Yeah, it, I don't know. It just so that aside, it's a fantastic game. Yeah, and it's my number seven medium weight yeah. game. Drops it for me, but it's it's not so much that I I can still enjoy it with all yeah. that ratty stuff. I just hope. Not too many ratty things happen to yeah. me. That w- if it happened more, I'd probably it'd be far off the list. But. Oh yeah, maybe after you play it once, always draft. 
Yes. And get the Prelude expansion. <laughs> draft and then always draft. Yeah, and then yeah, you always know, draft. You though. mentioned before it's that you know you're building yourself up and you're getting more production and you're just kind of ramping up with the different cards you drafted and stuff like that and it just mm-hmm. everything works so well except, except for thing, that yeah. it's got that good end game tension because you don't know when it's going to end yeah. and i like the milestones and the yeah, achievements yeah. or whatever i can't remember what they're mm-hmm. all called but those those are always yeah. fun and yep. that stuff so yep good pick i'll allow it that's my number seven terraforming mars my number seven is a game by jonathan gilmore and brian lewis by Pandasaurus Games is called Dinosaur Island. Nice. Tim, you got to get this one played. Yeah. I know Michael. You <laughs> own it. It's right up your alley. I know it is. Weight like, and theme wise. The, yeah, yeah I love, love the theme in it and the, the art. I think the bright colors are so 90s. I love it. Um, when I saw pictures on the internet, I hated it, but seeing it in person, I really like it. Components are great. Now, Tim, I don't. This is Excellent one of the components. Those dice are just ridiculously awesome. <laughs> yeah. like the, they're huge. Too, I think right? they got the same ones in yeah. Dulasaur, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't huge know. Yeah, and yeah. Amber colored. Like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So great, and it's it's a really you know solid game too. Like the there's a lot of different phases, but each of the phases it makes a lot of sense. You know what you're doing with the workers and scientists and stuff. It's like. Yeah, great worker placement game. Like the one thing I don't like a whole lot is when you're grabbing the, um, yeah, those workers out there, the hooligans. Grabbing some of those kind of seems like yeah. this hurts so much that I grab some of these and this yeah, guy, round, this but... guy grabs nine people and he gets no hooligans. I drew four people and I got three hooligans. Like that, yeah, that hurts you a it's, lot. It really when, hurts when you get a, if you get one, you know that's fine and stuff. But like when you get a whole bunch, like. That's the one part of the game I don't like, too. And I I got the totally liquid expansion, which there's some some cool things in there, too, that I like quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many different phases and things you do, but it seems like each section is kind of self-contained, so it's 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 easy enough, too, so that it's not overwhelming with all the different things out there. You can kind of focus on this, then this, then this, um, so you're not sitting there like forever trying to figure out what you're going to do and go all AP on yeah, it. Yeah, really enjoy the game. The one thing I don't like is, the, the like you said, the hooligans. It just yeah. it hurts so much for how random it is type of thing. Yeah, which is just less impact of it. Like, yeah. yeah, but it's, like it's a real good game. Yep, so yeah, that's num- my number seven game, Dinosaur Island. My number six is one that I think one of you like and the other one does not, and that is Chaos in the Old World. Um, I believe that is a correct statement. <laughs> talked really? about it. Talked yeah. about it a lot. I'm not really going to go too much into it. Uh, area control game. It's a really a Euro game, though. Uh, completely asymmetrical game. Uh, my favorite part is the rattiness, but especially just the card play is what do- makes a game for me. But yeah, Michael, yeah, give you a so chance to I would say um, like the last play that I started liking a little bit more. I think what I don't like about it, i think is that you guys had played it like 20 times or something before i started playing so like yeah i might have actually even won that first game somehow, yeah we probably weren't like paying attention to you at all i think that's what it was just like, like oh, I might have been a rat ch- yeah. and it's your first play too yeah so, so you, you got weren't that. like going being ready towards me because you knew i had, hadn't played but like i don't know all the cards that that you can do what each different character can do and and then i got to the point where like i'm not really enjoying it so i'm not like 
really trying to like yeah. put my full effort into like uh, figuring out the different cards and characters. So like, yep. took me a while to figure it out. Like I, like I said, it's getting a little bit better for me, but, but still not much. Yeah. Not not enough. I yeah. never <laughs> like when that's picked. <laughs> like sure, we can't like split up right now. <laughs> so, but that's that's my opinion. What's wrong with you? It's heresy. It's, you're right, you're dead to me. Cut this mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it's a good game. No, wrong. Yeah. My number six is a game that we recently played at game day. And we finally played with your upgraded components. And they are fantastic. And that is Orleans with the little... Oh. Man, yeah. I have not played with those upgraded components. I'm so I was so stoked when you got those. They're sticking your hand in that bag oh, and oh that bag Ooh, first of all. You could jiggle just, the bag. Oh, you got the bag in all day. Those now. Oh, man. Yeah. I just want to hold on to that bag playing some different game. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh but yeah, I mean gameplay though is awesome. We had kind of a bizarre play that yeah. kinda of was Barth kinda of found a loophole. It's not really a it was a weird event came up at the wrong time at the right time and it didn't do him any good because he still got like last anyways but it was but he just got tons of monks and then he also misunderstood a rule and he so it was like the, oh yeah yeah he filled up the uh, town hall too fast yeah so it was like a weird thing the first half was great and yeah. then the last half of that game kind of and it happened to be the one that Aaron won that, and he was like, well, I feel like that takes away my win. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you know, it's legit. Yeah. Uh, but that last half of that play aside, I have a lot of fun playing it. I love pulling the little people out of your bag, placing them on the board, taking the different actions, moving around, you know, collecting resources, putting your guild halls out. I mean, there's so much to the game. It's just, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, it's yeah, I love the game too. You know, you know, picking out those different ones, like which ones you want to try to call some, which ones are you going to try to get. You know, do you mm-hmm. want to get those monks so that you're not, you know, based on luck and which ones you draw out, so that kind of mitigates that by getting those wilds. But yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I, I can't get enough of that game. Do you? Can you refresh me? Uh, who, who made this game? Uh, Tasty Minstrel Games. <laughs> Scopa hitting your list again or what? <laughs> so that's my number six, Orleans. All right. My number six um, has been discussed already, and that is Scythe. And I really? think one of the reasons a it's six? this high is because, because I you want suck it? so bad at okay. it. And I want, I, I, once I finally start playing well, yeah. I think it'll might drop because it's like <laughs> it's frustrating that I can't do better yeah. in this game. So I, that might have been part of why it went up so high. But yeah, we talked about a lot, so I don't think we need to yeah. go into too we much more need, detail. But we need to play that one again. Yeah. So that, yeah, Stonemire Games Scythe. I know you had talked about it a little bit. I mean, we played that Rise of Fenris expansion a yeah, little bit. We played a few games. Did you look into it? No. Anymore? I haven't just, okay. I will at some point, but I got rule. Once I get, which will never happen. But once I get caught up on other rule books, but. But yeah, I'll at some point see yeah. what kind of modules I want to slap around in there. My number five is one we recently reviewed, and that is Empire's Age of Discovery. Always play it, always love it, always forget how much I love it. It's a great game. Um, I think if I played even more, it would just shoot up here a little bit higher. But yeah, it's got that 
dominant species heavy but still lighter game to it than that yeah. similar in some ways but yeah great game really enjoy it yeah i love you know placing those workers out you know which work you place in what spot you know the extra bonuses that that gives you i think is really i love that part of the game um where you're deciding you know all right do i get the you know missionary do i get the builder you know when do i do that you know so you're figuring out like that's you know that's going to determine you know what actions you're going to do so it's mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of fun and those the pieces too they're just yeah. you know great great board and that's heavy box yeah, yeah. It's, for that reason it's more of a heavy game for me yeah, but that's yeah. just based <laughs> on that how much list. it weighs yeah. my number five it has been talked about already and this proves that michael is 100 percent wrong about it <laughs> and that is chaos in the old world so the fact that's your number five proves uh, that proof. i'm wrong yeah that okay. is right. that seems like it's really sound logic it's right law there. hands down <laughs> michael you're wrong I, oh okay proof. all right I I'm guess gonna, I'll have to take one of my other ones off my list and put this at number three or something. I'm going to start putting up laws on this wall here. Okay. And so far, number one, the only law is that Michael's wrong about chaos. Okay. Yeah. And that makes me think, what else am I wrong about? What other games do I like that I don't think I like? We'll, when you're wrong, we'll let you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> you at home, too, you know, let me know when I'm wrong. It's probably going to be a lot. I usually let Tim know, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is quite often. <laughs> you're good like you're good like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we talked about it. Fantastic game, and that's chaos in the old world. I gotta say, Tim, I agree with you on this one. You're right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> is, Tim, what's going right? on here? What's? <laughs> hey, I want to step wait, out of the room for a okay, little bit. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> we need a break here. I think. <laughs> Hold on, I my, Michael started talking. I didn't quite hear it. I don't know if it's getting hot in here because the AC's off, or is this you and me, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> but what did you what did you say again? I I, I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> take it back. <laughs> well, if it comes back to you, just you know, don't be shy. Okay, I, I'll call you at two in the morning. Well, no, we got to be recording. Okay, I got to be able to hear it <laughs> on record. Yeah, make sure you record that call. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So this is where my my bottom half of my list was tough, just what makes the list. This top five here, they're all really, really close. Like I could easily go from five to one, one to five, you know, in, in a one play of the game. But um, so this is where we really uh, really get to the good stuff here. Okay. The cream but, um, of the crop. This one is by a game by Michael Kiesling and Andreas Schmidt. It's been mentioned already. Um, it is Heaven and Ale. Um, just the uniqueness of it and the just the tension and those tough decisions about you know, I take this resource, you know, am I going to be able to get another purple token? Am I not, you know, you know, where do you, you know, getting those monks out there is, you know, really cool. What side of the board do I place these things on? Yeah. Run out of money. Just a lot to think about for a game that's, you know, you're just moving around this track and picking up resources. That's all you're doing. It's one of those games that I get real frustrated and I hate, but I really, I like, you know, I like it a lot, <laughs> it, that, that kind of thing, you know? Really helps that you, with you myself. often don't do well. That that helps yeah. too. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, Although it's, you have it's, it's you have one. beat me in it, so that's but that's just because you did bad too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta say, I that I did not feel good about that play <laughs> for multiple reasons. <laughs> My number four, I think it's a crime that this game doesn't get played more. Setup is ridiculously long. Uh, I, I I really like this game, and it's hard to get out. I don't think a lot of people in the group do or would like it nearly as much as i do 
Uh, that is level seven Omega Protocol. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it's so good for a one versus many game. It just blows all of them out of the water for me. And I like the setup as the alien, the overseer. I like the setup as the marines. You kind of kidding out your character and just and it just blasting away, you know. But yeah, I love playing both sides in this one. That is level seven Omega Protocol. Nice. Yeah, it's just so good. Uh, I get sad because it's it just. Good. It's so hard to get played. And I think I've only played it like once or twice. Once, yeah. Maybe twice. I think I it was probably like, and it's two, been yeah. quite a while, so I don't really I was gonna confuse me in this game and like this is that, Spectre Ops. This is a space marine one where you're running through shooting okay, the yeah. aliens up and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I've played it I think it was just the one time, yeah. so I, I I don't I can't really remember too well, but it, yeah, I'd, the biggest, I remember hating it, so I the biggest crime was when I picked it. And you had it set up, and then I had to come late because you know, I know I, cleaning I, I had every like. Oh, uh, you should have been, you should have seen his it was, look when he realized that he's gonna have to like pack it up. Yeah, oh man, it, that hurts you so much. Like a couple of days beforehand, I got everything in the bags, you know, because yeah. I like to get it all set beforehand. Yep. And that game takes so long to set up, and I spent like twenty minutes, twenty almost a half hour setting the game up. And I was like taking a picture. I'm like, God, I can't wait to play this game. I was getting so amped. I and know, then I know. You like told me that was just that was <laughs> it just heart, you broke his heart. It's deflate really game. Did. It killed. It almost killed the entire game. It it still worked <laughs> out, but we didn't play level seven. It it was sad. <laughs> My number four has been talked about on Michael's list. Nice. So I, I was I did all right with that one. You did okay. you did pretty all decent, right. yeah. Okay, uh, and that is Concordia. Okay, we talked about it earlier. We've reviewed it now, uh, and it's just a fantastic game. I love getting the cards that give you upgraded actions, and they score points for you at the end, so you can kind of combo those together. So yeah, that's a, it's just a tremendous game. That's my number four, Concordia. One thing that wasn't mentioned earlier, um, at least in in this episode, is the beef merc. That's it's pretty great. You know, yeah, yeah. Anytime anyone, you got a copy of that beef. I you I even save my copy card just to, even if I don't want to or need to. I got a copy of the yeah, beef. Yeah, it doesn't merc. make a lot of sense <laughs> for me to do it. I absolutely yeah. have to do it a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Out so. of tradition. Yep. So I do have Concordia Venus. I okay. went through the rules a little bit. I mean, it's. About the same. I didn't quite look too deep into like the team play, um, but I, I kind of heard what it's like and whatnot. You share your money and whatnot too, yeah. And the action, uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I'm looking forward to trying yeah. that one out. And worst case, I just have a different version of Concordia. Yep. All right. Well, my number four has been talked about extensively on this episode. It is Viticulture. Nice. So the Tuscany version i'm certainly discussing here so, so yeah we've already said it so i'll uh you know leave it at that but yeah by stonemeyer games viticulture number four my number three is a game that it's been a while since i've played it and i used to play it quite often with you tim and that is battle or second edition uh my four and three make me a little sad here um <laughs> i want to bust that out and play it a lot of fun. I really know what else to say. Says I'm sad. It is a lot of fun. It's in the Command and Color series. Yeah. The biggest thing it changed. I mean, obviously it's fantasy theme, but then it added the um, the special uh, 
uh, it's in that range with uh, Summoning Wars and Battlelord for me. They're just two a little different style games, I guess. But I really just enjoy both of them. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Game. Have you played them? I've never played that, so it it can't be too good. So I don't know how it can be up to number three if I've never played it. I don't, how good of a game could it be? I don't know if you'd like it or not. That's probably part of the reason. You might, but it's yeah, yeah, combat and. Okay, not always my favorite, but you know, it depends on the game, I guess. Yeah. My number three is a game that we have reviewed, and it has been mentioned earlier, and that is Empire's Age of Discovery. And yeah, it's just a fantastic game. I like how the actions work, where you're playing your, where you place your workers out, and then the actions resolve from top to bottom, left to right, type yeah. of thing. And then it has that area control and all that jazz mixed into it too. So, yeah, yeah, and like for fantastic me, like area control and like where you can battle and stuff like that or war. Like it's usually not something I like in games, but I, yeah, I'm totally fine with it in this one. And yeah, like you said, the placing those workers out and the way it resolves is you know pretty great. So yeah. I really like that. And you know mm-hmm. a little bit of resources, you know, getting that that's part of it too. But like that worker placement part of it is. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, so I'm gonna mix things up here. Um, mine is by my number three is Eagle Griffin Games, uh, Glenn Rover. <laughs> it is uh, Empire's Age of Discovery. Ooh. So a lot more new things I want to say about it here, but instead I'm just I'm a, gonna. I'm a trendsetter. It's gonna. Well, that was my number five, and you guys just wrote that in last minute, huh? Well, we <laughs> might have written it in last minute, but we had it higher. It is true. So we're, yeah, we're cooler. Yes, I agree. We are. Cooler. And we Let's we had a dual win on that. So yeah. that's, <laughs> yep. Yep. My number two is one that was mentioned by Timothy, and that is Orleans. Hmm. I'll list my favorite and least favorite part of the game. Least favorite part of the game is the last couple rounds of the game. A lot of times you only really get to utilize maybe half your workers. Yeah. I've noticed that quite a bit, so you're not taking as many actions as you may want. So it doesn't feel as satisfying. My favorite part of the game is those tracks. You're moving up the track, you're getting a worker, and you're getting a little bonus. So whether it's coins... Um, getting a good, drawing more people out, just awesome. Should have known those tracks. Well, th- the fact that you get the worker and you get a little something else too is, it's great. Is there yeah. a scoring pad in this too? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Yeah. That's why it's not number one. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, I really like those tracks too. You just say, All right, which one do I want to go for this game? But then someone else moves up. It's like, oh, maybe I'll change this and go for another one. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, one it's of those combination of you know moving up for those bonuses and the worker that you want to get to do other things it's really fun you know coming up with that strategy and yeah it's it's one of those things where everything you do in the game is fun feels yep. satisfying so tim oh taste your menstrual games tim thank you my number two it is a game that was mentioned on ryan's list and this game is fantastic i think i know and I think this one kind of falls in to one of those games that doesn't get talked about much, and it really should. So any chance that I get, I'm going to talk about it, and that is Level 7 Omega Protocol. So I, know one, I was like, am I wrong? I thought it was Level 7, because I don't know, like, you're not going to have Hansa. You're not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think it was Hansa? <laughs> I was thinking maybe Marco Polo, but you know, yeah, I, yeah, I it's close. Not. But yeah, I was... no, uh, 
incredible game. More people need to play it. It's just yeah, it's... so much fun playing both sides and trying to figure out, you know, what you're going to do. You're trying to get to the objective. So the Marines are co-op and start of each round, you can select who's like the party leader is going to be like, what order you're going to take your actions in. So just something simple like that. I like that. So, okay, I might be a medic, so maybe I can heal someone before they take their turn and shoot. And then you're using that fear or that adrenaline to take your actions. And it, there's just so yeah, many good great, things about it. It's a great it. mechanic. Yeah. That mixed with the setup, like just with, I don't know, how you kit out your Marines and yeah. stuff like that. For uh, one versus many game, this is easily my favorite. And if you're looking for a one versus many game dungeon crawl with a sci-fi theme, this should no brainer. This should be your pick. Yeah, and skip that, Imperial Assault. Just go straight to this. And that's maybe that's why I like it so much because I love that space theme and it just it works so well. Yeah, this should be your dungeon crawl choice. Yeah. If it's not, you're wrong. Exactly. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See? That's fair. Oh, said to try it again. It's, I don't really remember too well. I, vaguely, the general idea, but that's about it. I yeah, don't okay. remember much else. So it's amazing. All right, noted. All right, my number two has been said by both of you and one of you extremely recently. Ryan, you are correct with your number two game. It is Orleans oh, yeah. dual win. And yep, another dual win. I'm just copying you guys for my uh, top ones here. You know, so. So I, yeah, we probably, yeah, probably have the same one. I'm, I'm thinking so since <laughs> you haven't said it yet. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> but anyways, my number two game talked about a lot. So, um, Orleans, woohoo, Michael. If we want to talk about this one together, yep. Uh, my number one. Um, Who's it by? What? Uh, who are the uh, designers so of this game? Leonard, I got one. Leonard. Ogler and, and helmet. helmet only. Oh, yeah, yeah mine, I don't really yeah. know how to say. But uh, <laughs> Russian railroads, Tim. You've oh, uh, okay. you've heard a lot about this one recently. You're probably getting sick of it. <laughs> I played it once, and yeah, I'm getting sick of it just because. I was just hearing about it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, we kind of been saucing on this one quite a bit recently. Yeah, so I it's mentioned how we played it five times in a row. The one. Yeah. Time might any... not have needed to do it five times, but. I got done with four and like, okay, I want to play it again. Anytime we've been getting together, we always play it at least once. It came out at Gen Cant. Yep. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Johnny really liked it. Now that you have both those expansions too, like, I wasn't sure what I was going to think about the American Railroads one. I was like, stock market, like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like that. But yeah. then. But it's not really a it stock market. It just gets you yeah. bonus bonuses yeah when I, you know which is yeah so that was, was good that, that was a fun play too i'd probably like russian roads a little bit more but yeah but that's nice fun, but i, I change love, it up you know those those different tracks in the industry like deciding which one you're going to go for and mm-hmm. you know it's very you know limited as far as the amount of you know there's there's always going to be like a few actions that you got to get to right away or there's no chance you're yeah, gonna you got to prioritize what are right, most important when do i want to go first so that i can definitely do that action next time and it's just so much fun you know once you it really really ramps up as you go you're getting a ton of points so you're like how fast can i get to a bunch of points and then you know just really kind of optimizing you know all those points towards the end of the game you know what i think the biggest crime of this game is is i haven't played it with four yet yeah i that's my fault not the game's fault really really like (laughs) i can't i can't wait uh yeah i think i would absolutely love it um 
I like American Railroads. I'll play with that. Uh, I, I think base game's better, but I still really like American. I cannot wait to play it with German, though. Just just adding that. You, you know, get the, to pick your track layout, so everyone's yeah. different in how their tracks end up. Yeah, I haven't looked into it too closely, but having that extra you know, variability later, because that'll be later in the game that you do that, so having that later on can really... I'm really excited to try that out. I, yeah, I'm not. Yep. I'm by no means sick of you know the no, basic but game. But it's nice to have that variety and changing things up. Yep. And I um I recently um played this at at game day and we were, we had split at the time and I explained the rules. I missed a couple things there, but it's you know hadn't read the rule book at all. So I yeah you yeah I hope it didn't hurt um you know, their enjoyment of it too much because I did miss a couple things in it. Um, you probably also probably missed Marv cheating a little bit too because he ended up tying you. So you probably missed yeah. that. I'm sure it's he, he got amazing, some... you know, tying in that game at like 328 or something, yeah. whatever that was. Like that's tough to do with that many <laughs> points. I'm sure it was something where, you know, he's, you know, he pulled a Marv and everything because yep. it was early in the game. I was, you know, kind of watching those guys to make sure they're, you know, got the scoring down, how that works and everything. But later, probably wasn't keeping an eye on him close yeah. enough that's what i'm gonna blame it on sounds right <laughs> yeah that's our number one russian yep. railroads tim i think we know what yours is i think so we reviewed it yep <laughs> yeah big surprise my number one is viticulture essential edition tuscany all that jazz um yeah yeah if you're listening to this top 10 i'm sure you've heard the uh <laughs> Rewind it a little bit. Yeah, and you can I'm sure you heard talk. me going nuts about it already. So he's jumping, uh, he's bouncing around the walls here. <laughs> really good game. I I can't disagree with that. Yes. Yep. That is really nice. Makes so drink some wine. I have about twenty honorable mention. I'm going to talk about two of them. Um, Altiplano. Yep. It's been on my maybe get list. Maybe I'll just borrow it from you sometime, Tim. I think my wife would really enjoy it, but. Uh, I really would want to play this at two and three. I think though, I don't want to play it with four or five. But very enjoyable game. Really like it. And Battle of Five Armies. It's another one in that range. Like, it's heavier than Battle Lord. Takes longer to play than Battle Lord. But I just really enjoy it. Um, there's some really interesting things. It it gives me somewhat of a feel too of War of the Ring, which is great for me because it's my favorite game. So, those are my two honorable mentions. I've got uh, two as well. Um... Well, Mar- Marco Polo, another one, I guess that was you know fairly close. I know Tim, that's one of your your big on that game. Yep. Um, one I'm gonna mention um, in honor of Aaron would be Architects of the West Kingdom. Didn't give it wasn't really really close, uh, but is it's still a game I I like quite a bit in that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure that would have been on you know Aaron's list if he was with us. So the the other one that was the 10B basically game for me that I very last second decided to move out was uh, Power Grid. Um, Power Grid Deluxe. I don't know. I think there's different versions, but the Europe and uh, North America. Um, well, I think I've just played the North America one, but I like the, the bidding and the resources, you know, building that network is, is kind of cool. I like that. Um, you're kind of like spreading out um, your, your network or whatever that is, you know, for the power and everything. So I like that resource building inside. Close on my list, didn't quite make it. So, Power Grid by Friedman Fries. A couple of my honorable mentions Rising Sun. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Architects. Uh, Memoir 44, really similar to uh, Battle Lore. Uh, Cthulhu Wars, 
Okay. I don't know. Have you played that one or not? I have played okay. it a few times. It's been a while, but I've played. Because you know, I know you're not big on uh, Chaos. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's not my favorite game, but I do like it more than Chaos. Okay. Um, maybe it's just because I didn't feel like I was so far behind in my knowledge of like you know, what the different yeah, ones do for there's me. There's kind of less going started. on. So it... Or maybe, I don't know, if maybe you guys hadn't played quite as I just didn't feel as far behind the eight ball on yeah. you know, the what cards do and what each different character does. Yeah, I could see that. So, yeah. I'd, if, I, I'd, if I could pick, I'd pick that one. Uh, another one was uh, Energy Empires. Oh, okay. it's a good game. Let's go call it a game. Um, Village, Rococo, Blackout Hong Kong, which I'm surprised you weren't going Blitzkrieg about too much more. I consider that more than medium. Oh, do you? Okay. Barely, but okay. I do. Right, that's I really need to play that one again. Um, I've only played it the one time, so I'm not sure if I hit my top ten, but it is for me. I consider it heavy, barely. So, when we finally do our heavy list, it's gonna be a lot of Alexander Fister. Well, he hasn't made that Sir, many heavy games, Sir Alexander. <laughs> there Fister. might there could be up to three on there max. <laughs> I can think of three, and I know that two for sure, and yeah, okay. Might be. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. It's running out there. Uh, do you guys have any want to try of the medium weight game range? Um, probably another. Uh, right now, I really liked Trajan. Uh, made me look into Castles and Burgundy. I just read the rules on that, but I'm really excited to try that out. I would say a, a Feld game like uh, Bora Bora, Macau, uh, Bruges. Mm-hmm. Some, one of his okay. one of his games probably. Said play a. Uh, Clans of Caledonia, that one. Separate. Most of them are games like I, that I played one time and liked. Just you know, want to play it. You know, maybe a couple more times to see yeah. you know, just how much. You know, is it going to get to that list? Like it seems like they're real close as far as what these are. Like, yeah, this is a tough list. There are a lot of games that are real high in my ratings. So, um, mm-hmm. just you know, Prodigal's Club. You know, was one of them. You know, Level Seven. You know, I like to play that again. So, well, yeah. I put down uh, Mansions of Madness Second Edition. Okay, I've heard a lot of good things about it uh, with the app that they use to help integrate kind of the setup. And it's got a theme I'm into. I know, I know you're big on Cthulhu stuff, but uh, yeah, it's it's one I've I haven't looked into like too aggressively or anything like that, but it's one that I, I would definitely want to try at some point. Yeah. Okay. Hey Tim. Hey, Ryan. You know what's going on right now? Right now, we are recording a podcast. We also have a Dual Win Games giveaway going on. We do? I am so excited. So what the listeners can do to get in on it, because, Tim, you're not eligible. Okay. Is you need to... Is Michael eligible? No. Okay. (sighs) Is go to our Dual Win Games Facebook page, then post on the Facebook page what your favorite board game is. So the contest is going to run until Friday, September 13th. So again, if you want a chance to win a copy of Istanbul, that's what we're giving away here, Ooh. a used copy of Istanbul. And yep. Tim had to replace one of the little um, assistant discs or whatever. It's it's not going to be any problem. It might be a little bit tiny different size or color, but yeah, it's, so real, it's, it's real similar. Yep. It, Won't affect gameplay. It just didn't come in the box for whatever reason. And I got a replacement disc. So it's just a little bit smaller. So yeah. if that's going to bother you, then... For a free game, if you yeah. don't want it, because... <laughs> and 
you know, in that you don't start with it, so you could just avoid getting the extra worker at some point in the game too. So or just do it with a slightly different size. Right. It's yeah, it's, it's not really gonna not it's not gonna affect deal. anything, and so you'll be okay. So what? Uh, so again, if you want to have a chance to win a copy of Istanbul. Like our Duel One Games Facebook page and post what your favorite board game is, and do it by Friday, September thirteenth. Sorry, it's Friday, and you'll be Friday thirteenth. Yep, get it, Michael. That's, that's what, yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks for um, you know explaining that for me. And you will be entered to win a used copy of Istanbul, and we will get a hold of you through Facebook if you're the winner. Yep. Awesome. Also, dual winners, you can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Join our Board Game Geek Guild at boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at dualwingames. Uh, we'd like you to review and rate our show. We'd love a five-star rating at iTunes. We'd like to get that second one. I don't probably like probably want to get me the off the one. show if you want to get, yeah. a, uh, get a five-star rating. So, yep. yeah, but what are you going to do? So yeah, that about wraps it up. Uh, We'll see you guys in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. On next episode's Table Talk, Ryan's going to fire a bunch of questions at the group. We review Through the Ages and Mombasa, and we start looking at the Board Game Geek Top 250 games. Oh boy. It's going to be a lot of games. Uh, Tim, do you know who designed Mombasa? Do I know? We knighted him. Did we? Sir... Sir Alex. So we haven't had a proper knighting ceremony. Are you gonna want to do that at some point, or are we just gonna? No. Oh, he's been knighted. Oh, it's just done already. Yeah, it's, it's happened. Maybe you missed it. Yeah, I didn't get a vote on that. I'm not sure how that works. Well, either way, we can podcast. we can try to work it out for next week, the next episode. But uh, anyways, thanks for listening. And there's one horrible hold on, hold on one. one Fine, I'm going to open something. Oh, yeah? Give me something to open. I got to say, Tim, I agree with you on this one. You're right. They call it the Ryan Bonanza Questions. I'm going to work on that name, too, because that does not sound good to <laughs> no, me. No, it came <laughs> off weird. So you can edit all that. <laughs>